There once was a game they called Elite Its world was huge and its graphics were sweet So much to do and much to find And so much, so much grind <sighs> T'was in the year of 84 That Brabant's game could first be bought We hooed and out at wireframe ships And all his coding tricks <sighs> Just wait till Odyssey comes We'll fly and drive and run and gun Look how far the things have come since 1984 It's not one game but Several games equipped for battle or for jump drive range. Play several hours, but it feels like one to get the mission done. Oh, I got my mug from Hutton Orbital. The length of the journey was remarkable. One free conda and a cup of tea, and that's enough for me. Just wait till Odyssey comes. We'll fly and drive and run and gun. Look how far the things have come since 1984. One day I'm hunting for a Thargoid pelt. The next I'm mining in an asteroid belt As much emotion as I've ever felt And so much, so much grind Just wait till Odyssey comes We'll fly and drive and run and gun Look how far the things have come Since 1984 And if you've liked this song Just watch again and sing along And if you're going there Then like, subscribe and share Hello, hello, and welcome to Elite Week, episode 69, the naughty number. <gasps> it's News of Palooza, Galactic Water Cooler, Friday, March 26, 2021. What is up, you beautiful people? I am so drunk at this point. I'm your host, Kaizen, and I'm going to toast myself with a, another one. Uh, with me, as always, is my partner in crime, my XO, Roy Cookson. Say hello, Roy. Happy Friday, everyone. Glad you're here with us. We got a jam-packed show, so hang on. Hell yes. And the tactical officer, the main man, Tweet74 of OPIX. Say hi, Tweaked, and call out one random OPIX member. Just, I don't know, because OPIX is awesome. Friday night, we finally made it through this week. We have a whole lot to talk about. Thank you, FDev, for finally delivering to us. Finally. Also with us tonight, we've got our engineer, the main man from across the pond, WKJ. Say hi. Good evening. So uh, I feel ever more like the designated driver. But, uh, you know, hey, I did last a whole two hours in a room with Tweaked on Monday and nobody died, so it's an improvement. Absolutely. Wounds, scratches, wounds, bruises, but, but we're all alive. Absolutely. And our counselor, Boss Lady B, the one that's keeping it classy. What's up, beautiful? How you doing? Someone has to keep it classy in here. All right. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. And uh, oh, tonight's going to be a good show. Absolutely. Also, in a couple hours, check out Boss Lady B for Finance Friday because that shit is legit on Twitch. So it, after this is done, it's like an hour break and then boom, Finance Friday. Go get that shit. Uh, we have joining us tonight a red shirt, our special guest. We've got Commander Sanderling, he of Hooning fame, the dude who actually flies FA off like a fucking God, say hi, Sanderling. Hello, everybody. Uh, yep, uh, I'm a bit like rabbit in the headlights here, but uh, uh, the drink is flowing. All is well. Hello. That's right. 
We've got a fucking mad Scotsman, so back the fuck up if you're looking at us sideways. Our closing song is going to be Life on Mars by Serge George. That shit is legit. Listen to it. Don't stop. Hear it all the way through. That's an order. Our cover art tonight was Pioneer by the FDEV Art Department. Because like I said, news. This is the part where I do the podcast intro. I'm skipping all that shit this week. We got too much to fucking do. Control. Hit the plugs. If you're listening to us on the podcast and would like to see the live show and visuals, check us out on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash Elite Week and on Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash Elite Week. If you're watching us on YouTube or Twitch and would like to know how to catch us on our podcast, check out anchor.fm forward slash Elite Week. For sending us your thoughts by email, you can reach us at EliteWeek3306 at gmail.com. Our very active and growing Elite Week Discord can be found at tinyurl.com forward slash Elite Week Discord, where you can check out or contribute to community feedback, resources on turning the wheel, and real-time updates about Elite from a variety of content creators. In addition to the Discord community feedback channel, feel free to write in our YouTube comments anything about the topic of the week, as well as anything else you'd like to share. We'd love to hear from you. Also, if you're enjoying the show on YouTube, please make sure to like and subscribe and click on the bell. It really helps us out. On Twitch, a follow would be much appreciated. If you're on Twitter, feel free to follow at EliteWeek3306 for news and information about Elite Dangerous and cool sci-fi and space news. We record live on YouTube every Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. That's 1 a.m. UTC, so come and join in on the fun. If you're listening to us on the podcast, please make sure to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or whatever platform you use. And let us know if there's a format you want us to look into. We don't do Patreon, so save your money and just tell your friends about the show. All right. So let's get to it. Right off the bat, our guest tonight, as I said, is Sanderling. We're going to do a very abbreviated intro because everybody knows Sanderling. He's the, uh, he is the F.A. off God, the hooning master. Sanderling. Uh, yeah, brother. Let's take a second to just talk about how awesome Newton's Gambit is and why people should get into F.A. off and how much fun it is to fly for realsies sure thing i mean um well it's i suppose it's a perspective isn't it the the probably the the best thing about elite is often touted as as being its flight model mm. and um that flight model that's a whole game right there just in and of itself and so uh and so if you want to just focus on that flight model um flight assist off is it's like flying a spaceship not an airplane eh so it's a, you you got to be super excited for Odyssey coming just from like forget all the rest of the stuff for you personally they're going to make the ships look better and they're going to make the planets look better and that's got to be awesome yeah the planets looking better has I'll be honest I'm approaching it with a bit of trepidation um okay. I mean so certainly after Dr K's comments with you know like the how can I put it the the <laughs> the variety on planets is going to be fantastic because you know there's mm. more stuff to fly through different things to see different things to to, to, to to get involved with but but um some of the most fun things to fly around are the most extreme environments you know those things with the high spikes big cliffs not the big canyons that everybody you, you know you, you, you that's oh, just flying a straight line down a big canyon but the stuff with masses of turns and difficult 
difficult, you know, technical type stuff, which is challenging to fly around. I'm really hopeful that that isn't lost um, in, you know, whatever the algorithm revisions that they're making to the planet generation, the, mm. the, you know, whatever that ends up looking like. But, you know, I mean, certainly from the, the initial videos that we've seen, um, they've obviously had to showcase the kind of environments that really that put the, the, the food the, the food play <laughs> front and center. Um, mm. But uh, you know, I'm 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 hopeful. Obviously, Arf alluded to the fact that Pomesh Tusi, yeah, it was a very famous place that everybody probably knows of. Um, mm -hmm. But but but, um, but Pom, you know that 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 is a, a fairly extreme planet. Uh, in terms of things, and, and, and a regular haunt of races and Hunan, Hunan pilots around the galaxy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it'll be, well, at the end of the day, new is good. I'm not, yeah. yeah change is positive, and uh, <laughs> let's, see what, let's see what comes out. It, it could be fantastic. Um, it, it could all be flattened and just turned into craters. I hope not, but... Um, uh, well, well, we shall see. Obviously, not in phase one of of the alpha, but um, hopefully, phase two, phase three, phase four will give us uh, some some new things to to fly around like idiots and crash into and rack up the rebuys. Right on, brother. Right on. Jez, you got a question for Sanley, yeah? Yeah, I do. I think I can fix his problems. Like if if the planets go haywire, Sandling, this is amazing. Trust me. Get some of your friends, just get them all to line up as people on foot and dip and weaving amongst all of those. It'll be the experience of their life. Mate, I'm, I'm hopeful, right? There's one of the things I'm personally looking really, really forward to is, is your flip turning around an individual person on foot on the ground at about 800 meters per second in an eagle. And part of why I'm really looking forward to it is if I mess it up, I'll just probably decapitate them with the wing. It'll be hilarious. <laughs> Can now. That's like got that 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 dropped into a black hole of <laughs> All right. Chris, you have a question. I'm looking forward to decapitating people on the ground, man. It's gonna be great. And it's like <laughs> tumbleweed. Tumbleweed. <laughs> you know it's too hot for you know, you know it's uh, spicy when it's too hot for guy. All right, sweet. Yeah, I just have a quick question. I, I know PvP-wise, flying FA off gives you a huge advantage. It's almost a must if you want to really compete. So my question to you is, what is the best way for somebody that doesn't know how to yet to get started in flying FA off? Because it definitely is a mountain of skill to climb. Um, I, I would, uh, you know, I'd respond with a caveat up front. I don't participate in PvP. Um, I don't really participate in combat full stop. Um, so I don't really have any experience of using flight assist off in that context. Um, you know, what, what I would say though is anybody seeking to learn it, get a sidewinder. It's cheap. It's disposable. It's not something you need to worry about. And actually, it handles pretty good. If you actually want a challenge, engineer your sidewinder because it turns into one of the best flying ships in the game when it's fully done. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and take it around a station, fly through the trenches, fly around the structures, take it on a planet, just fly it. That, that uh, uh, there's no there's no magic bullet for it. Get out, turn flight assist off, fly your ship, learn how it feels, and once you've learned it, just do everything that you normally do, but do it without flight assist. It's a more a more it, it you just feel like you're flying a spaceship properly. 
you know it's like if i move it sideways it keeps going sideways if i want to stop it well you've got to stop it that's the way it goes it's uh um, but those things just become intuitive you develop the muscle memory but the only way i would i always say to guys in gambit hands are stupid they haven't got brains takes a long time for a hand to learn something so the only way to teach it is by moving it and doing it you know there you go all right so we're going to skip the uh dark wheel uh section this week we'll give you an update next week we've just got too much to get to we're going to hop right to sag eye magazine episode uh podcast episode 34 dropped last week that had the uh a couple of awesome things in there it had a marlinist spotlight that had a closer look at the recent cgs i challenge everyone you should go take a look at that and kind of keep an eye on what's going on with the cgs because it's kind of interesting and and it it's a thing that we should we should kind of make ourselves aware of in addition to that it had an advanced srv driving lesson which i think is going to be even more useful coming up here with odyssey and a weapon spotlight on plasma accelerators. Go check it out. The link is in the show note to podcast.sagittarius-i.com. Everyone should be checking out Sagai. Next up, we've got the Yamex Tantrum. All right, I'm going to break this down super fast because we do not have time to fuck around with Latvian bullshit. First off, Yamex asked Frontier for a copy of the Odyssey Alpha Access and pre-launch, pre-access, whatever. <clears throat> Frontier said no. Yamex then pitched a massive fit, making a video about how he was being unfairly treated. Massively wrote a tepid article on it where you could tell that the, like, like they've gotten scoops or whatever from Yamex in the past or whatever. So they were like, yeah, we'll write a thing. And they wrote one and they took a very non-committal point of just like, here's the thing. I don't know. Here's the links. You judge for yourself. The final answer or the final whatever is nobody gives a fuck. Uh, all right, everybody hop in real quick with your comments on this one. If it's something you care about and then let's move on. I know Jess had something. So go ahead, Jess. Yeah. Just one thing about that video. I didn't like whether you like him or not. The bullshit about our content being controlled by other people is wrong. Yeah. Frontier might not like things every once in a while. If we go too over the line in their eyes, but when we're not there to, uh, like frontiers dick we're there to create content and hopefully that's it the amex was wrong about that that's the only part of the video i didn't like i mean a white man in dreadlocks crying about how he's being oppressed because he didn't get a free thing is very fucking karen crazy part about it to me was like he expected something free from fdev why in god's earth if fdev was going to give anybody a free key would they give it to him Nothing against Yamix, and I know it's a shtick, but since I've been playing this game and watching content, he's been done nothing but a negative shtick about this game. So why would they give it to him so that he can rip apart all the things of Odyssey that might, you know, have little bugs or might not? So I, I totally think it's ridiculous. All right. This is the part of the show where I remind everyone that we have a dot system. So here we go. Uh, next up, Alec Turner wrote a love letter to Kamoy. Kumei, sorry, 3301 to 3307. The opposite end of the spectrum, talking about just someone who is sort of classy and is coming at this. He put out this video, it's 13 minutes long, and he said like, hey man, Odyssey's going to be changed with some stuff, and we don't know what's changing and what's staying the same, but we've been told to expect that there's going to be some changes on the planets. This has been an awesome planet to 
drive around in and do fun shit for years. So I want to go and make a little video. I'm not complaining. I'm not crying. I'm not saying I'm oppressed. I'm just going to make a video to an awesome thing and look forward to the awesome shit that's coming after this. Big fucking salute. That's a classy man right there. All right. Uh, next up, we've got Masa. Uh, M-A-S-A, -A, I guess you pronounce it. Masa. That's uh, Masa to me, to a Mexican, to a beaner. Masa is the, the shit, the cornmeal stuff that you make tamales out of. But like, yeah, that's now I'm getting hungry because I'm drunk and yeah. Which takes us to Frontier News. All right. So right off the bat, uh, under maintenance, new stuff, whatever, Frontier News, we've got memorial listening posts were added to the live build. There is a link in the show notes. Um, so, yeah, they're there. It was uh, the final response was it's a couple of listening posts, five or six listening posts. So if you are interested, go and check it out. Which takes us to tweets. Now, we have been getting tweets pretty much every day from uh, Elite Dangerous uh, from Frontier. So, yeah, let's start with uh, March 22nd. The tweet was, go ahead and throw these up on the screen as I get to each one control. March 22nd, the tweet was the exploration suit. So they tweeted that and it was like, hey, man, check this out. Um, so for the exploration suit, this is, you know, we've, we've uh, we, you know, we know sort of what this is. Um, this is the SuperTech Artemis Explorer suit. It's perfectly designed to help pilots investigate and research brand new worlds and biological life forms. They didn't explicitly say it, but the way that they worded that, I would absolutely bet money that the exploration suit has a unique ability to equip the Dyson scanner or whatever, the plant gun. So uh, the genetic sampler is, I think, the properly named. So I think that uh, that is going to be the, the exclusive suit for the plant gun. You want to use the plant gun, you need that suit. Uh, the following day, they released the frag grenade. Go ahead and throw that one up. The frag grenade is an explosive grenade that will do damage to everything within its blast radius. I'm super glad that Frontier Incur included that explanation because otherwise how would we have ever known what a frag grenade does um all right the next day they released the why does it still say yeah that's because i clicked on the wrong thing the pioneer suit skin um <clears throat> that was on march 23rd it was in the middle of the Tuesday stream. They were like, oh, we got an update. We got some information. We can share some stuff with you. Pioneer suit skin. There it is. So basically, here's the, the gist of it. Um, clearly, while, while this suit, I, I don't know. Some people, I think, will probably love the way this looks. Some people will hate the way this looks, whatever. Some people will be mad about the fact that the suit skin is in and of itself... Um, just a skin. It doesn't give you any extra abilities or any extra anything of, of value. It's not like a thing like, you know, the old pre-order whatever special was for the Horizons, whatever was the uh, 
Mark IV, the, the Cobra Mark IV. And like, this is not anything like that where it doesn't have any value or practicality in game. It is just a skin. Some people will see that as a downside. The upside though to that, and, and what I'm choosing to focus on is the fact that, you know, how many times have we seen in MMOs where, you know, you get the right gear for the right thing. Like, oh, this is the proper, this is the optimal outfit for doing this task. But you look like a fucking idiot. Well, the fact that this there have a skin means they're having glams in this game. Glamour, glams, um, whatever you want to call it, depending on what game you're coming from, uh, where basically you can engineer or sort out the optimal gear to do whatever it is that you want to do. And instead of having to look like a fucking mismatched asshole because you have the proper gear set, you can glam on, you can sort of cover over the looks of it with a properly designed outfit that you want and then say there like my guy always looks like this if you want to run around and look like han solo or you want to run around and look like amos burton or you want to run around and look like fucking master chief whatever you find the glam that looks the closest the the the, the visual aspect that looks the closest to whatever character you want to look like and then you Throw that over whatever suit gets the job done as best as possible. The next uh, outfit up or the next tweet up was March 24th. The uh, EMP grenade. The first mention of this, they said there was an EMP grenade that would, you know, function like help take down shields or whatever, but would also cause some kind of a stun. Now we're not seeing any messages of a stun at all. This could be part of that whole Peggy rating of the Concern of like, uh, if you stun somebody or knock them out and then shoot them, it's an execution. So that's a higher rating. I don't know. Um, it could be a thing that they just didn't know at the time. They're still fighting with it. And by the time everything's all sort of done and dusted, that this does go back to doing a stun. I don't know. But I will just point out there was no mention of a stun in the tweet about this which takes us to March 25th, which was the scavenger suit, AKA the Maverick suit. The scavenger suit is the one that has uh, the highest uh, capacity cargo hold, like you can hold more stuffs, and it has the uh, unique ability to access the uh, arc cutter, the, uh, the, 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 sort of laser saw which you can use to cut panels uh, at least in cutting mode one would maybe think that the other mode would be like fusion fuse mode like like uh, like a welder welding tool to like maybe put a panel back on i don't know we'll have to see but it seems like the two suits that have a unique tool are the exploration suit that has the plant gun and the scavenger suit that has the saw the combat suit doesn't have a unique uh, tool. It just has that it has the ability to have two primary guns going uh, and, and, and nothing else um, sort of, um, you know, no, no tool that's specifically assigned to it. So that means the little scanner gun and the energy link are usable by all of the suits. And that, that seems cool enough. Uh, Roy, you had a thing on the, uh, on the stun question? Yeah, I was. Um, I think it is all about the Peggy rating. I was looking into this a little bit. So, 
they're competitors, obviously. Uh, Old Man's or Old Man's Sky, No Man's Sky. <laughs> Old Peggy, Man's Sky. <laughs> that should be a different game. Uh, Peggy rating seven plus on that one, mm. and uh, Star Citizen because it's independent. They don't actually have to participate in a Peggy rating unless they want to go through a separate marketplace. So, mm. um, but they're probably aiming at teen or high teen or something. In order for Elite to allow, as far as I can tell, for them to allow a stun weapon, they'd have to be Peggy 18. Um, that allows violence towards defenseless characters. I'm reading that off of the description of Peggy 18, where you could basically assassinate, you know, a sleeping uh, NPC or, in, in this case, a stunned NPC. Um, I think there, there is a little bit of, like, they're they're playing to what the law is here, not necessarily what we might perceive in game. I mean, think about, for example, uh, my mind went to occupied escape pods. Um, you can do all kinds of things to occupied escape pods that I think would qualify as violence towards defenseless characters. Um, but those things probably don't trip any of the analysis that whatever the, pod, the official body the is. Well, it's, it's one of these things where if you don't actually see the act, um, you can say it's implied and not actually you're witnessing it and those kinds of distinctions matter when you're trying for a certain peggy rating that being said uh, you know what's the demographic of this game and what other games does that demographic play that would be at that peggy rating or higher it's it's a broader issue we don't have time for it tonight but it's one of these things where I, when i looked into other games and stun mechanics there's actually a lot of games that don't have stun mechanics that you think might. And I think it's the same issue that keeps coming up with the Peggy yeah. rating. As we already addressed, though, in a previous episode, they could get around that by putting out a downloadable content that is 18 plus to purchase and then just resolves that and just fucking puts the whole thing to bed for forever. All right. So next up was March 25th, Memorials. Frontier made two tweets. Uh, because on the first one, they, out of six places where there are memorials, they misspelled two of the locations. But they got it right on their second one, so... Yay! Uh, so there you go. Memorial locations are live in-game for Seoul, Akinar, Aliath, Shinrata, Desra, Colonia, Acellus Primus, and Dromi. And those uh, locations have a listening post. You can go, you can scan the listening post, and it'll give you a list of names. I think that the entire thing is, I mean, it's it's okay, it, and and it would be fine if it weren't for the fact that sort of art hyped it up six months ago and made it sound like it was going to be a big thing, and everybody got all excited for Tianisla, and then after six months of radio silence, they come out and release this sort of underwhelming response. And okay, there it is, March twenty fifth, Odyssey Alpha phase list soft schedule. They put out a list, which we're going to cover a little bit later, but they put out a list of, uh, you know, hey, phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four. How do we think this is going to go? And there it is. Um, you know what? We'll just cover it here because we have it up on the screen. And then later when we get to it in the thing, we'll we'll just skip it. Um, <clears throat> so phase one is going to start on Monday, and that's going to be... Uh, everyone's starting with a new commander. You're not, there's no, there's no snapshot. There's no, your character. You're going to start like a brand new character who just bought Odyssey and you're going to create a character, whatever, and go from there. Everyone's starting in a single star system. 
Everyone is starting with a uh, scavenger suit uh, only. Uh, you've got access to kinetic and laser weapons, no plasmas. You have access to Apex Interstellar, which is available for player travel. You don't have the ability to own a ship or, or to sort of leave the system. Um, there's a variety of activities available, including salvage and collection delivery missions. So there's two things that we can see right off the bat. Salvage, which we've seen absolutely nothing of whatsoever so far. Uh, as far, actually, wait a second. It said salvage, not scavenge. There's a whole bunch of interchangeable uh, things being used here. Now that I'm looking at it, that says salvaging, not scavenging. Scavenging is a gameplay loop that they've shown nothing of, but salvaging just means you go to a settlement and you pick up a thing from that settlement. Now, we did see that gameplay where they salvaged slash stole a power core from a, a, a settlement, but we've also seen in the tour that they did on Thursday, they had some stuff where they said, hey, you can go and salvage, go to a like uh, emptied out settlement and like pick up some of this, or pick up some of that and bring it back. So I guess it's going to be that. It's not going to be scavenging, which makes me sort of curious where scavenging is on this list. That was one of the major gameplay loops that they talked about early on, uh, and it's completely missing from this list. Um, delivery missions seems like like box delivery type stuff, like uh, basically similar to what you do in, in, in Star Citizen or whatever, like pick up some of this here and take it to that there and drop it off. I don't know. Phase two is combat. Now they said for these phases that they're sort of expecting these phases to last about a week long each. Um, uh, but it don't, it's not a hundred percent for sure. Uh, Tweak, do you had a point? Yeah, I was just thinking that scavenge to me, scavenging and salvaging are pretty close to the same thing, really. I think it's semantics. It's it's you're salvaging, you're going down to a broken down ship and taking what's out of it. It's exactly the same as scavenging well, that ship. We, so I don't think we, there's a big difference. We have been told that scavenging is going to be sort of finding locations where you can sort of go and, and scavenge materials from wrecks. Salvaging, we have seen it. We have seen salvaging specifically labeled in those missions on the Thursday tour, Starport tour, where they said salvaging is going to this settlement and picking up this stuff and bringing it back. But, but it took them two tries to get the, the name spelled right on the, the previous tweet. So maybe they misspoke and they meant scavenging. Who knows? Roy. Two quick thoughts about the phase one starting the fresh commander. Um, one, I think that's actually going to be a lot of fun. It, in my mind, it brings I mean, an image of like, I don't know, summer camp. Like you're showing up with a bunch of people. Everyone's starting from the same point and it's a bunch of new stuff and nobody has an advantage. I think that's going to be fun. The second thing, though, is this to me uh, says they have a strong, strong focus, uh, which wasn't the case in fleet carriers, uh, a strong focus on this is something that's bringing... Uh, new players into the game, and so this is a strong component of of what they need to test, is what people experience when they come in fresh with nothing. Fingers crossed. Jess? Uh, yeah, I was just kind of bantling with Roy. Um, it'd be cool if uh, it's a uh, whole tutorial system. You know, do it right from the get-go, you know? Good point. That would, that would be awesome. 
All right. So when, as I said, uh, phase two, which is tentatively scheduled for about a week later, but times are subject to change. Phase two is combat. So it's going to open up the space uh, from one system to uh, approximately 20 light years uh, space travel around that area. Players can now purchase ships. Uh, the combat suit will now be available. Faction conflicts will be enabled and um, frontline solutions will be available. Um, let's see here. Let's see. We've got uh, for neighboring systems available, including trading missions for neighboring systems, including trade with settlements. And they will have POIs turned on. POIs will not be turned on for, for the first week. Um, so, yeah. Uh, then approximately a week later, give or take, phase three is exploration. They turn on the uh, exploration suit. They expand the, the mini bubble to 50 light years. Um, uh, it includes unexplored planets. Uh, they're allowing first footfall experience. Now, again, that this is all going to be reset. This is not saying first footfalls are going to get recorded and they're going to stick, but they're going to let you sort of test the experience of getting a first footfall. So it'll stick for the week or so of the alpha test while they're while they test to make sure it all works. Um, and the players will be able to, for the first time, use that plant gun, the, the genetic sampler. So that'll be, you know, that that that'll be sort of new content that is uh available uh to to try um and then after that there's going to be at the end of that phase whenever it is however long it takes there's going to be several days of downtime and um that downtime will be followed by phase four phase four is supposed to be a stress test so it's going to be compatibility they're basically going to take a snapshot of your character and they're going to say all right for phase four you have all your stuff you are you you have your ships you have all your stuff now you know go out there and check all the stuff see you know you have srvs now that you can use you have ships and slfs and you have whatever maybe not fleet carriers they said they're not sure if fleet carriers are going to make it into the alpha at all because i don't know interactions or whatever but the majority of your stuff you're going to have. And this is going to be the part where Sandling actually cares about the Alpha because he can fly around and hoon and see the new planets and see stuff and see SLFs and see, you know, driving around in an SRV. And most importantly, as I said, see hooning around on the planet. So looks like looks like it should be good. Um, Sanderling. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of hopeful we can do that in phase two and we can start buying ships and flying um i mean okay it's only a 20 light year little restricted bubble but there'll be actually i'm kind of hopeful because it'll be useful to see the variety of different bodies in a system which are there do you know what i mean there'll be like large small icy moons rocky mm -hmm. icy moons rocky planets taking a look at the different terrain variations and 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 and, and really looking at how those new algorithms look 
across the different maps you know the, all that 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 point dr k was talking about with like the different variations across different regions and planets it's phase two where all that stuff i think will be open okay you'll be maybe you flying you'll be flying in kind of stock ships and unengineered and, and things but it's good enough to get out there and see and is so by phase four when you can bring your own ships that's when things get fun yeah that sounds legit the following day which was today they posted uh the shield grenade um under heavy fire question mark the shield grenade creates a powerful perspective protective rather shield bubble for a short time when activated now i'm just gonna say it this looks like absolute bullshit to me like if you're trying to make a sort of serious sim hey man we're gonna follow some whatever a shield grenade the idea of i've got a grenade i drop it on my own feet now i'm invincible for eight seconds or whatever is just it's silly it's literally anime levels of bullshit but i kind of the more i think about it the more i'm okay with it because I don't really like FPS games. I don't, I don't, I'm not a fan of that. I used to shoot people for a living. So the idea of like, I'm going to run around and pew, pew, pew. And eh. I like the realism of the, the space side of Elite. I, I hope that that stays super, super realistic. And I like, I hope that they keep the scavenging, salvaging, you know, exobiology. I hope that they keep like a lot of that um, sort of realistic looking. When it comes to the FPS side, I'm kind of okay with a bullshit experience if it's fun. Like, I, I like let's not make it so simmy. Let's make it just more fun. And the idea of some anime bullshit of I throw a shield at my feet and boom, I'm invincible for six seconds or four seconds. That kind of sounds cool now that I think about it. Like now that I've disengaged my heart from the idea of like, let's keep this super simmy. Like let's keep the flying super simmy. Let's keep the plant exploration and all the planets and all of the beautiful stuff that Dr. K has put together and that that the the, the amazing team that did the flight dynamics, or whatever. Let's keep that really sort of authentic and real. And let's just have some fun with this FPS shit, man. Let's let's roll with it and 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 woo. Let's do some Dukes of Hazard retarded jump. Oh, you're not supposed to say that anymore. Dumb fucking jumping off of a cliff and hey, we somehow made it. Them Duke boys survived. Let's have some fun with it. So I'm I'm good with it. Uh Jess, you're up. Yeah, I think the shield grenade is gonna be very different, uh, very significant for differentiating FPS to other kinds of gameplay. So if you got a shield grenade and you are in the Maverick suit, which I believe would be associated with this gives you a chance to drop it down and then kind of get in and out of your facilities whilst you're under fire. I think it's going to be really fun for people that don't really want to go shoot, shoot. But also, if you're in a wing and you're frontline solution and you've got a balanced team of people and you can throw one of these suckers down when you've got a whole field of people shooting everywhere, it's going to be like one of you and my favorite game when you've got the priest in Final Fantasy XIV with a big old dome around you where you've got that important player and you've got to work together as a team. And we haven't really had that in Elite Dangerous for a long time, tactically working together as a team. So I think that this this is one of the most exciting things they've actually released on Twitter this week. 
Mm, I actually prefer the little bubble that comes off of the whatever the summoner, the healer variant of the summoner is. I forget the name of it now. I like their little bubble better, but whatever. Uh, Roy. Yeah, just a thread on that quick. I mean, it sounds like they're trying to adopt some of the things that are used in other games that have, let's call it magic or space magic. I'm thinking particularly of uh, both Warframe and Destiny 2. Uh, mm-hmm. and Destiny 1, for that matter, had this mechanic, and it was attached to character abilities, but throw it in a grenade, now you've explained it with science, and it's a fun mechanic. And, um, yeah, looking yeah. forward to it as a support character. Uh, oh, again, again, like I said, absolute nonsense if you're trying to, whatever, be realistic, but, like, silly fun? Hell yeah. And this is the part where Tweet comes in to disagree with me. Go, Tweet. Yes, it is, actually, because, remember, this is 3307. We have ships that can go through hyperspace and and plasma balls coming out of our ships and all these cool things. It's not out of the realm of reality that we could have technology like this at that point. Hell, for all I know, we're not that far from it in real life at this point. Right on. All right. So that takes us to, let's see here, the streams. So Tuesday stream, we're going to do this one very brief because another the next one's going to be long. Tuesday stream, Super Cruise News, episode 28, uh, six days until alpha. Uh, they dropped the news that the Thursday stream was going to be the Starport tour. They dropped the news that, you know, how does death work? We're not sure. See for yourself next Monday. They dropped the news. Uh, hot off the presses, Art just released the Pioneer skin image, which we already showed you. Uh, what time will Alpha, Alpha start on Monday? We're not sure. We won't know up until the last minute. Uh, sometime Monday midday. Uh, they said they had no plan for fleet carrier interiors at the moment. There's no news with regard to pre-order on counts, consoles. Zach said, uh, he started to say, there's also this backpack mechanic, Bruce. Uh, I don't know if you died before you finished the mission, apparently forgetting that he was supposed to be standing right next to Bruce in that mission. Uh, and then later, then, then then they got interrupted. And then later, when I reminded them on the stream, they came back to the issue and they were talking about how you have backpack storage. And if you die, those items get left behind, which from the previous conversation that we had, uh, the... the um, what do you call it? Um, uh, on the on the super friendos with uh, Plater, he and I had a disagreement on that, and I, I think what they were getting around to saying they didn't explicitly say it. But if you take the two pieces and you put it together, I'm fairly confident I was right. Plater was wrong. We'll see when it actually comes up. Uh, and they were asked about emotes, and they said there are no emotes, no plans for emotes at this time which takes us to the Thursday stream. Here's where things going to get long. Um, first off, they did three, three, they released three pieces of content on Thursday. The first was a seven and a half minute uh, video called the Starport Tour. You fade in, you're standing at the front of the bottom level of the concourse, and you hear the station chatter and a station-wide announcement. Uh, you immediately turn right to access the steps to the front of the upper level, where Frontline Solutions is. You pass a wall terminal at about the halfway point up the steps, indicating that you were at Bradfield Orbital Station. Arriving at the upper level, uh, Frontline Solutions uh, is right straight ahead of you, 
And you see various signs and advertisements, as well as a string of skylights along the central column that appear to be showing a real-time representation of the ships coming and going from inside the station. Um, instead of going straight ahead, you take a hard uh, left and turn back across to the catwalk uh, on your left side. You pass a woman in the middle of the catwalk uh, and an icon that looks like a little person with a sort of a halo emblem around in blue, uh, her head. Another such icon is clearly visible through the solid floor of the catwalk, indicating that there is a similar person on the floor below you. At the 17-second mark, as you pass, she accosts you uh, to offer you a mission. It should be noted that her movement is janky and her mouth clearly is out of sync with her words. The initial approach, uh, however, is voice acted. And as you look at her, her info is displayed above her head. She is Juliet Lancaster, mission provider. And she says, if you've got the time to lend a hand, I'll pay you for it. Behind her, you can clearly see the yellow alpha icon indicating the Apex Interstellar, the taxi service. You pass her and continue on. With the central view before turning towards the left side where Apex Interstellar is located. At the 29 second mark, behind the counter at Apex Interstellar, Mather Cardenas... Uh, Apex Shuttle is working at the kiosk in addition to his Apex Yellow. Uh, he, he's got a, the Apex Yellow icon over his head. At the 31 second mark, as you keep walking past him, you can see icons through the wall behind him as a yellow icon for Pioneer Supplies vendor, which looks like a yellow chevron going into an upside down martini glass. I don't know of another way to describe that. Um, further to the right, through the wall, you see an icon for the barman, which looks like a yellow drink in a glass with a straw. To the right, you can see another mission giver. This guy looks like Art, the community manager. Uh, he's in a tan leather jacket with black pants and white boots. Uh, he's a mission. He has the same mission giver, the blue mission giver icon of like a little person icon with a sort of halo around it over his head. At their 38 second mark, uh, mark. As you approach him, Elmwood Rosario, the mission giver, he accosts you with a different mission again, uh, to offer you a mission again, voice acted. He says, I'm looking for someone to do some stuff off the books, some off the books work for me. <clears throat> um, let's see. Okay, the player using, uh, the player is clearly using an Xbox controller because you see that he's got an X button uh, dialogue option over his head. So uh, at the 42nd mark, the dialogue box shows his name uh, and that his minor faction at the top left, uh, your reputation with the faction in the top right, the mission header and description with two options below. Uh, what does the job involve is one of the options. And the other option is no thanks. Again, the, there's janky NPC move, movements, but this guy's mouth is properly synced to his audio. Like, actually really really well so i think you know what we're seeing here is sort of an earlier whatever and they got the movements on the one not on the other this is the polishing process that we're going to see sort of progress through this at the 48 second mark having selected what does this job involve option uh, a second screen appears showing the mission details including threat level danger level mission details location rewards and time left now at the bottom uh um are how much does it pay? 
show me the details, and no thanks. You get to choose one of those three options. Upon rejecting the mission, he chastises you audibly uh, with another voice-acted piece. Uh, At a minute and two seconds, immediately upon entering Pioneer Supplies, you walk over what appears to be a large dark ramp plate of some kind that appears to maybe be for sale as they have one right on the ground right there and another one stacked up against the wall just to the right side. What the hell is that ramp? Is that some kind of a thing? Like you place this here and then all of a sudden, you know, I don't know, you can purchase a a place that deploys skimmers or something. I I don't know what that ramp is, but I find it interesting. Um, Maybe it's nothing and I'm reading too much into it. At the one minute and 11 second mark, the store vendor accosts you with a voice with the standard vendor greeting. At a minute and 32 seconds, after having a stroll through the shop and seeing all of the various items for sale, none of which, by the, for the record, had any icon that seemed to indicate that basically they're just for display purposes. And basically what you do is you can see the stuff there uh, and then you go over to the vendor where you access the menu where you can actually buy stuff. Uh, at that point, you exit the Pioneer Supplies. The bar is close to the left. The mission board kiosk is straight ahead. And behind that, to the left side, there's another mission provider. Uh, and behind her is InterAstra, to the right of which is Vista Genomics. At the minute and 38 second mark, we see a black woman in an exploration suit uh, exiting the bar. And just after her, a white man with a goatee, a bald guy, a uh, dark combat suit walking through the bar, both of which are walking janky. You see another mission kiosk terminal right behind the bar uh, entrance. And behind that, along the wall, you can actually see an icon for a mission provider named Lindsay Sawyer, but you can actually see her. Apparently, all of the icons show through the walls, which, you know, immersion-wise, not great. Sort of efficiency-wise, it it shows you where you got to go to get to the stuff. So, I mean, I I see where it has a a balance. I'm sure some people want to turn it off. I don't know if that's possible. We'll see. Um. The entire back wall of the bar is a floor through to ceiling, transitioning into a skylight, breathtaking window wall uh, to the center of the landing bay area of the station with a letter slot. The letter slot is a visible sort of offset to the top right. Uh, the view is incredible. Very, very, very choice. Very well done. Note. Apparently, the height of fashion in 3307 seems for everyone to be wearing some cross between Uggs and Moon Boots. So, I don't know. That's a thing. And there's a funny little advert on the far right back of the bar by that says, Brewer, Starports, safer than the surface. I love it. I think, like, considering the fact that I think what we know is the starports, you can't draw your weapon and murder people, but on the settlements that are on the ground, you can murder people. I, I kind of think that's hilarious. I think that's a funny little somebody's idea of a, of a wicked little sense of humor. At the minute and 45 second mark, there's another great advert for Karsuki Locus. Now, I don't know, for people who don't know this, Karsuki Locusts are an actual rare good that are available in the game. You can buy them at West Market Station in Karsuki T-System. Uh, it's basically, there are these locusts that are supposed to be, quote, prized for their uniquely sweet flavor caused by native fungal parasites that infest them. Now, while that sounds hella gross to me, I love the level of detail of adding adverts for an actual real sort of rare good item 
found in the game. Um, let's see here. At a minute and 59 seconds, turning left to the bar, uh, you uh, directly approach another mission giver, one of about four in the bar area. His name is Rodolfo Newton. He's a mission giver who, again, accosts you with a verbal cue. I've got a morally dubious uh, opportunity if you're interested. He offers you a mission to steal a genetic sample from a settlement. The mission contains multiple types, typos in it. Uh, the descriptions, the, the first thing says uh, something, something are usually inefficient, again, lab-grown strains. That obviously is meant to say against lab-grown strains. And later it says, we trying to stop the scumbags. Obviously, that's supposed to say we're trying to stop the scumbags. Uh, again, this is alpha. But considering the tweet FDev sent out, you know, this week announcing the memorial where they misspelled two of the six locations, basically all you could do is sort of pass it on to them like, hey, this is a typo and hopefully they'll fix those. This is where it gets interesting. At the two minute and 22 second marks, uh, I want to discuss payment is a dialogue tree that and, and basically that accesses the haggle menu, which explains the scenario uh, and also clearly states, you know, for the first shows for the first time, explicitly the new rank system that Frontier still has not announced. Mercenary rank, which is the FPS combat rank. Frontier has explicitly stated that we're getting the new exobiology rank that you do with the Vista Genomics and the Plank Gun. They've never actually officially admitted yet that they're going to do FPS combat, except for they just showed it to us right there, your mercenary rank. So congrats, you're getting that. It shows the three options that you can choose. You can offer a little extra. This is part of the haggling thing. So you can say, hey, can you offer a little extra, which has a high chance of success and a low critical failure risk. The next negotiation option is you'll have to offer more, which has a medium chance of both success and failure. And lastly, I'm going to need a much better offer, which has a low success chance at a medium critical failure risk. You uh, choose to pay a little extra, or, or you choose, hey, pay a little extra, and he agrees. This takes you back to the initial tree, but now it's notated extra payout or whichever option you choose, and a little blue up arrow icon indicating you're getting extra. You can get a verbal cue. He gives you a verbal cue. All right, I'm willing to pay a little more if it guarantees no mess-ups. So at the 2 minute and 38 second mark, upon exiting the mission, uh, uh, giver window, you get a notice about uh, how failing the mission, oh, upon accepting the mission, you get a notice how failing the mission with an option, like what happens if you fail the mission, what your, what your penalties will be. Uh, and it gives you a little option, a checkbox to say like, hey, don't show me these warnings again, which everybody's going to click on day one. At the two minute and 50 second mark, uh, leaving him, you walk up to the barman who greets you with looking for something, Commander. Uh, opening the dialogue gives him the options of I'm looking to make a trade. I have some items to tr to sell and goodbye. Those are the three options. Two minutes and 52 seconds. The bartender contact uh, trade assets and goods. You can trade items for three categories, chemicals, circuits, and tech. These are the analogs, just as in Horizons you have analog, uh, you have raw good, raw materials, uh, uh, manufacturing materials, and, and data. Um, uh, this complex menu shows 
a list of items for each category, how many of each uh, type you have, how much you could trade for, and it notes that, you know, what the category capacity uh, of each is. The one that it's listed at is 1,000 units. Um, it's clear that everything is purchased through barter, not credits. My supposition is that anything you loot, find, scavenge out in the world, you bring here to this guy, the material trader for Odyssey Materials, uh, and you then swap them for what is needed to make the components so that the engineers or the shops or whatever can upgrade your gear. Note, when looking to buy graphene, the cost would be 23 per. But when looking to sell graphene, the cost is only 13 per. The numbers referring to the nebulous uh, barter token that seems usable for trade with other materials. I'm not exactly sure how this system deals with any leftover tokens of trade. Uh, after you make a bunch of sales, you gather the currency and then purchase others, or if they round up or round down on trades, this system basically uh, needs a lot more in-depth look. It seems very modular uh, and you can do straight up trades or you can do sort of purchase and sells. This is something that definitely, definitely going to be needed to be looked at come alpha. Somebody's gonna, I guarantee you, a weekend down to it's gonna have a video that shows all of the stuff on how this trade guy works and people are gonna be using that. At the three minute and 42 second mark, having concluded your match trade, you exit the bar passing NPCs, having, uh, you know, multiple different conversations with each other. Uh, it's a nice touch. I hope it doesn't become overly repetitive, but I, I, I liked it. I thought it was good there. At three minute and 44 second mark, you leave the bartender. Uh, you Sorry, you leave the bar and enter the ship dealership called Inter Astra. The vendor has a yellow icon of a mostly complete circle like planet with an I offset to the top left and an A at the bottom right. That's the logo for Inter Astra. It, it's um, uh, centered directly behind him in the large window is a spectacular shot centered on the mail slot, giving you the best view of ships entering and exiting, which I think is a phenomenal artistic touch. The clerk named Jared Davenport greets you audibly, engaging in dialogue with him, brings up the shipyard menu. This new menu offers the ability to both purchase and manage ships with a new streamlined UI. Um, there is a lovely little Easter egg at this point in the video where uh, one of the ships that, that the guy owns is a Viper, Viper Mark III named Vader's Fist, and the ship designator is 501ST, a clear reference to the 501st Squadron, which is the squadron of whatever stormtrooper dudes that they dress up in costumes and they go around like raising money for charity for like cancer kids and other stuff like that really really cool group of guys for sci-fi nerds i think it's a nice little touch at the three minute 57 second mark there's an awesome looking uh new ui to browse ships by manufacturer or by all available an icon for each ship selected to indicate if it's a uh, fighter bay compatible or has multi crew compatible and also an option to select uh, by landing pad requirements. So small, medium or large landing pad ships. Making the choices bring up visual representation for each ship with the new enhanced graphics. The new UI elements across the board are fantastic and the UI crew should definitely get a stream soon to take a bow because they deserve it. That shit looks awesome. Four minutes and 14 seconds, immediately upon purchasing the Dolphin, two pop-ups appear on the bottom right of the screen with the ship icon. The first says, Purchase Dolphin, 
and shows the price and the second state's stored federal Corvette. That's interesting. Uh, upon exiting the conversation with the ship vendor, you see that the gorgeous hollow display of the ship has a message at the terminal, uh, load a new ship commander, yes, no. So that that big hollow display, hologram that showed the, the Fertilance when he walked in and shows a Cobra when he walks out, like you could literally like flip through different ones apparently with that. I don't know if it's all ships or just the ones on offer, but you can like bring them up on that very cool hologram looking thing, which I think is very awesome. At the four minute and 30 second mark, <clears throat> upon exiting the ship vendor, you can see the icon for Vista Genomics to the left, which appears to be three lines going from the top left to the bottom right, kind of like a capital E without the connecting vertical line. Interestingly, the door to the entire store has a hexagonal block force shield over it, a wall blocking it. So you can't even get in this store. You're just basically standing outside like an urchin from a Dickens play. At the four minute and 32 second mark, along the left wall, you see the front lines kiosk manned by a vendor with a yellow F over his head. That's their indicator. Instead of traveling that way, you take the branch center stairway down to the central concourse lower level. At the four minute and 43 second mark, the lower level concourse along the wall, there's another uh, bank of terminals. This brings up all of the features you would expect from a station terminal, including information about the station, the mission board, authorities, news, hollow me, arc store, as well as, and there's where you pull up the next one control, pull up the edit loadout uh, button or uh, picture for the edit loadout button, uh, you get an edit loadout button. So this is where uh, in Starports, I guess we will go to, you know, change our suits, guns, etc. Note the icon for this uh, has a side view of a helmet. So uh, most likely look for that icon added to your role panel on your ship or your SRV if you want to change, if you want that same functionality. So right there, you see that edit loadout. That's where you're going to be changing your stuff. Your, your, your change your suit type, change your gun, change your whatever. Um, so that that is that is good stuff. All right. Um, four minutes and 51 seconds. There's a first look at the new complete mission board that shows all the filters of missions by types, as well as indicators for how many of each type are current. The date indicates the, you know, the footage was taken four days ago uh, on March 22nd, 3307. UI looks amazing. Again, uh, I pray that they extend this UI functionality across the board to, uh, you know, to to all of the mission boards because that it's just really, really well done. Uh, and here's a note. This is a side note. It may just be me. Uh, we don't have enough data to say for sure, but I think that more than just the planet's got a facelift, whereas. Previously, almost all of the NPCs that ran minor factions looked like Chester the Molester or, quite frankly, just the ugliest people imaginable. The ones shown in this tour, even on the boards, they look at least decent. It's a small note, but I think that's cool. They made everybody not look like, oh my God, what the hell is wrong with that guy? Uh, at the five minute, six second mark, scrolling through the mission types under salvage, there are missions to go empty settlements and find surveillance equipment in one and Californium. I'm not joking. Go salvage Californium from a settlement from the other one. Uh, in return, you return them to this location for turn in. Uh, five minutes and 24 seconds in, 
there's turning from the terminal, you head to the elevators, you pass an advertisement from Achilles for a skimmer. Either this advert is taking artistic license or the skimmer's got a facelift, or there could potentially be some new kind of skimmer. Go ahead and throw that up on the screen control, the new skimmer image. Um, this looks different. This looks very, very different. And whatever the hell this is, I'm excited to face one of those at probably a severe disadvantage, but I want to get to it because that looks that looks like some crazy shit. That looks like some shit from a Japanese RPG like Final Fantasy game or whatever. Um, <clears throat> all right. Five minutes and 30 seconds approaching the elevators on the far right wall is another uh, in-game rares advert. This one is for Uzayan Tree Grubs. This is a rare uh, rare in the game that was, they basically attempted to transplant the Lavian Tree Grubs to the Uza system and they failed and most of them died, but the few that survived mutated into a very tasty delicacy. So if you want to eat some grubs, there you go. Uh, five minute and 35 second mark, going to the express lift at the back of the lower level concourse shows that your ship is in the hangar. Uh, ship is in hangar is the dolphin, and it gives you the option to go to the hangar. I suspect that the loadout option for the terminals just behind you will also give you access to swap your ship in case it just makes sense that they would put that option like, oh, you know, you, you don't have a choice to like, oh, I want to go to this hangar or that hangar. You just have go to the hangar where your ship is and your equipped ship is the dolphin. I think probably right behind you at those terminals. You can swap that if you need to. I don't think they're going to make you run all the way back upstairs to the Inter Astra or whatever uh, ship place to, to do that swap. Um, <clears throat> it just makes sense. At the 6 minute and 16 seconds, after running to your beautiful looking dolphin, you go to the blue circle on the ground and a menu pops up to board the ship showing that you can board the ship and manage your inventory. It shows storage capacity, shows item, 4 out of 200, component, 90 out of 1,000, and data, 0 out of 100. So before, remember when we were at the bar and it showed that we had 90 out of 1,000 whatever? That was a component, I'm, I'm assuming. And that, you know, so we can hold 1,000 components, we can hold 100 data, we can hold 200 items, and, and we'll have to see how that's all, all sort of broken down and listed. And then at the 6 minute and 20 second mark, is a fade to black transition onto the ship. Cue the price is right, loser sound effect. Bom, 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 bom. Uh, six minutes and 23 second mark. The comms window shows a couple things. It shows that a QA tester just logged on named Pesky B and has come online and it shows failed to connect to the comm server. So this was obviously even as rare as, as recently as very recently, like four days before they showed, three days before they, actually no, three days ago, four days ago from now, they didn't quite have that working yet. Um, and there's a new option on the menu below the launch, which says disembark. It's labeled disembark. So here's what I wanna do. I'm gonna go around from all of the stuff I just said. We're gonna get people's opinions. We're gonna hold off. And the last thing we're gonna do is the fade to black on ship transition, because everybody's gonna have something to say on that. So let's, start with the first point is let's see here uh it looks like sanderling no vocal point but i can't wait for 
Go ahead. Your thing on boost flip ships? Yeah, man. I was just appointed like uh, one of the nice things I'm quite looking forward to uh, to doing when the uh, the ship the ship flying component launches in phase two is to uh, have a little bit of fun with the people in the bar, you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I want to do a little bit of a the old flight assist off stunt type uh, mechanics and things right right in front of those windows. What, yeah. what could be more what could be more fun than terrifying people over the drinks? And I'm desperately keen to see how tough the glass is. You know, oh, can you can you get a ship in there? Because I don't want to use feet. I have a spaceship. I want to see introduce the, uh, the the bartender to the uh, you know to the nose of my. You're literally gonna park a park a jihad the bar on day one. That's lovely. Pretty much. Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. As far as I mean, I've got mad respect for you buzzing the tower, you know, Maverick and Goose style. But you know, don't don't hit the glass. That's no. Oh. I know, but beer. There's beer in there, man. Right. <laughs> Wolf Dragon. When you're talking about the ability to haggle and mm-hmm. having a critical failure or whatnot, I'm curious and really hope that it doesn't have a resultant BGS effect um, so that you could say, instead of just getting more credits, you could get more rep or more inf, inf being the, the BGS factor. Um, well, it just seems a bit a, cheese. Have I got good news for you? That That's not going to happen. They said in the stream that followed this video that critical failure like so there's two types of failure you could do a mild failure or a critical failure on on all this and your mild failure to haggle means you still have the mission option but you have no ability to gain extra money from it like extra perks and critical failure removes that as an option so like you can't get that mission anymore it's no longer accessible to you so it's it's not like you can cheese that to dump missions on purpose it's just you lose the option. Now you don't get a chance to work for me. Fuck off. That's how that works. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Sanderling, you had a point on the lynch, uh, the bartender being the linchpin of BGS. Well, I mean, assuming that, I mean, as you said, the, the, the kind of aforementioned point about mission failures or, or the mission giving NPCs not having an impact in terms of BGS. Um but yeah, it was just more a kind of reflection of like if that had been the case, um, I, I, I couldn't see that a bartender on a station might be a you know a kind of a linchpin in terms of controlling the uh, all of the all of the various factors that go into to, in, into influencing the political states in, in, a, in a given system. But wouldn't it be cool if they did? The bartender has nothing to do with that whatsoever. He's the linchpin on you getting the right materials to get your engineering shit sorted. Roy's up next. Things I loved about the station walkthrough, um, the sound design, um, as they walked through, the ambience changed based on the geography within the within their location. I thought that was great. Um, I'm really looking forward to seeing some of the different variants, especially like the asteroid base. Um, I'm curious what the sort of gritty, seedy pirate style station looks like um uh i think that uh, one thing i noticed in the ship purchase that i thought was interesting because it reminded me of the conversation we had a few shows back about you know needing more ships because people develop an attachment to a manufacturer having the manufacturer be part of the selection process for choosing the ship you're looking at i thought was a nice touch it'll it'll definitely increase the familiarity especially new players have with you know which which manufacturer builds what ships, and that's going to be part of their experience right from the get-go. Um, 
something I thought about the bartender trader. Uh, I mean, it looked like they were trading across the three, the new three categories uh, for Odyssey that are parallel to the three categories that exist with, you know, from Horizons with uh, raw raw manufactured data. I wonder if that's something that might get, given that some of these changes might get propagated backwards into existing systems. I'd be curious if we, at some point, end up with mat traders that actually work across three categories for the old categories. That would be super cool. The way that the bartender does it is. All of those mats are basically changeable for, you can trade one for the other, or you can just sell them for sort of barter tokens and then use those barter tokens to buy from the other trees. So you're you're absolutely right. It is much better. Uh, tweets up. Yeah, this is much more along the lines of what I've been waiting to see. This is This is what I've been waiting for with Odyssey. Bring this universe to life. You could see everything hustling and bustling in there. It looked like a shopping mall almost. Uh, mm -hmm. The negotiating part, one thing I did notice in that, and and I've had people come to me and say, "Well, why am I going to want to? Why am I going to want to walk around the station to get my missions when I can do it right from the cockpit of my ship and be much quicker?" I already see why. If I can negotiate and get higher influence rewards than I can from my ship, I'm absolutely going to get out of there every single time to go to negotiate with that guy. The oh, yeah. The, the airlock, when you're walking through that bar and you look up and you see the airlock and, and where the ships are flying in and out, the vastness of it, how big and how massive it looked, it was it was awe-inspiring. It's going to be amazing just to stand there and ship watch everything. I, I'm, oh, yes. I'm looking forward. I already own almost all of the ships, but I'm looking forward to using the new ship UI at, at, at the, the ship's store in these places because... Uh, what happens when you load your ship in there? Can you then start outfitting it through that diagram yes. and everything? Uh, it's, yes. it's very intriguing to me. I, I liked almost everything I saw from this video. A little bit of jankiness, a little bit of that kind of stuff, but all in all for still a pre-alpha, I believe it said it was, and a long ways to go still to get it regular game. I do agree with the people in chat, though. Somewhere down the line, the bartender's going to have to start serving drinks you don't have a space bar without some space alcohol of some kind for especially when one of the new pastimes in elite is going to be sitting there ship watching and 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 sanderling when you're doing all your stunts trying to break through the glass that's going to be absolutely fun to stand there and watch so go for it i'm just waiting for like a space cliff clavin and a space norm sitting at the end of the bar you know hey cliffy what are you Hey, yeah, Nami. Uh, I don't know. That's Sanderling's trying to get through the glass again. I, 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 I don't know. All right. Uh, Boss Lady B. So I'm going to second a lot of things that Roy and Tweaked already said, but it bears repeating again. It was just really awesome to see this walkthrough, basically walking through and experiencing the station. So the sound design, we knew it was going to be awesome. We knew it was going to be on point, but just... The different music in each of the shops, it definitely does have that like mall, you walk into a different store feel, you know? And um, I know I've heard some people refer to the bars as the food court already. Um, <laughs> so there is, there is kind of that analogy. But just like in the weapons shop, you can hear that faint like buzz in the background from the fluorescent lights. There's just so many little details that go kind of unnoticed, but will bring that world to life. Now, I think all of us have been have been missing the most important thing, 
the NPCs aren't standing on the benches. I don't know what to do. It's very confusing. Um, they're sitting down, and uh, it's very, very confusing. But um, <laughs> that's heresy. <laughs> we just have to point that out. Um, I love that Moon Boots are making a comeback. Uh, you know, uh, I think we're going to have to make a version of the boots with the fur, but for for Moon Boots, and. Overall, there's just little quality of life things, and both tweaked, and Roy have already said it, but, you know, the branding on the ship, the the little, you know, Kai, you pointed out a lot of the, the ads in the station are for things that it has that little connection through. Like, they're not just random things. They have current in-game lore connected to them. There's, you know, the station announcements that are going off in the background, which reminds me of an airport. Um, the one thing that I think bears mention, well, actually, no, this is coming up later. But anyway, I love the, the bar, the music, everything that's going on, the atmosphere. Um, I have to say the guy in the bar was driving me nuts because he was so fidgety, but that's fine because he's a sketchy dude, so he's super fidgety. Oh, he's um, messed up. Yeah, 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 yeah. He he was he was he was just oh he was so fidgety. So anyway, I really love that added layer, and I'm sure all of us are already thinking, "Ooh, here's where I want to go." You know, I want to uh, right, right. <laughs> um, just so many different things about it, and going there and being there in person is going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. All right. And that takes us to WK Jez. Oh, there's one thing that um rewind that we said we wasn't sure when the going lifetime. They did put a post up today saying it would be eleven AM UTC on Monday. Um that's actually we're getting to that in a couple oh, sorry. of days. Shit. That's all right. That's uh, all right. No worries. Welcome to Elite Week. We'll start the show again. No. Uh, as far as the I'm usually like boss really advocating for the sound team. They've done a stunning job, but I do think the winners of that video has to be the UI design team with finally, I mean, it was always cool when we come into Elite Dangerous, having that kickback to Elite 1984 and things being familiar. But I think they really capture what makes a game fun. The thing I'm a bit concerned about is that that mission panel, which I can only assume will be interchangeable between the ship and on foot. I think there's a couple of there's an area for improvement for accessibility. I don't like fully picturized things, so I would like to see them tweak that. But I definitely think the UI is good. But uh, you may notice a lot of the content creators that made videos on that did not have the audio playing. Yeah. That was that. Okay. Here's the thing. I get it. I get content creators being careful, but no offense they're just wrong. And here's why that wasn't when they said there's 800 audio tracks with that. There's no, I will bet you any amount of money. None of those are Lady Gaga or Britney Spears or whatever, Shakira or whatever. It's it's when they say it, it's like synth tracks that they're creating as they go, where it's like, you know, different, you know, it's like this beat mixed with that mixed with this. And they're going to just like, OK, let's knock out, you know, 50 in an afternoon and just, OK, hear this, hear that. It's synth keyboard shit. It's not anything that's going to be copyright. It's not anything that's going to DMCA strike you. It's fucking Muzak, whatever. Um, it, 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 so 
I, I think I, I I don't know. I just think you're not dealing with the we'll see. We'll see in a week. But I, I think we're not seeing sort of DMCA strike material. I, I guarantee, I don't want to guarantee, but I don't think you're going to hear, you know, ground control to all. It's going to be just this weird synth Muzak bullshit, which is completely fine. It's not going to get any streamers in trouble. So, uh, tweet. Yeah, uh, we can't gloss over that. 800 tracks for the bars across the galaxy. That's pretty massive, really. That's that that's unleveled. You, you can't compare that to anything else. That's that's pretty good. Props to them. Another interesting little thing I noticed when they went to that the terminal, the the the, the uh, mission giving terminal there, and he was going through the factions or, or what I assume are factions. There were eight different mission givers on that mission board which is odd because systems only have seven factions typically eight if it's an invasion but those are few and far between so that had me a little curious as if there's an extra uh, i don't know an extra superpower an extra buddy giving you a mission somewhere i don't know where that eighth one comes from there, there's that's nowhere near conclusive there are plenty of systems that have six there are plenty of systems that have eight that's something we need to see more. Like, that's not super, super, super rare. It's not the regular, that's true, but it's not rare enough that that is sort of, that's something we need to look at when we get to it. For the record, when there's eight, that's an invasion, and it doesn't stay eight. It, there's instantly a war, and one of them retreats out. Seven is the max in the system for any amount of time. It's not instantly. It takes the best of seven for it to happen, but yes. Again, I'm saying, though, there are enough. If you were to pull up a NARA right now, you could probably find over 100 systems that have eight. Now, yes, after the, the best of seven, one of them's going to whatever go out. But it's that's not sort of conclusive yet. And there are, yes, as 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 Wolf is saying, we have come across some eight faction systems in the game. Um, yes. All right. So let's go ahead and... I just want to sort of give an overview and then we're going to come back to the big elephant in the room. So instead of, you know, miles of filler in this station, uh, as stated previously, FDev gave a condensed, uh, this is the entire starport in one sort of mini mall, sort of one concourse, one Zocalo on from like a, or what, what do you call that? The, 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 the promenade in D Space Nine or the Zocalo from uh, BSG. It's a kind of one compressed little spot I strongly approved it's stripped down and functional I like it um, the icons over the heads for the interactables uh, NPCs and facilities that's a major thing I think there's a lot of people that are not going to like that but again it's back to functional um, so yeah um, the intro spoken audio transferring to text based branch communications I like it I mean, you're going to have some uh, games out there. I'm not pointing any fingers at any of them that they're like, no, we want to have full this and full that. And it's like, okay, cool. We'll see you in 30 years when your game's done. They, th this is sort of a stripped, and this is a compromise approach that has, I think, the right level of juggling some sort of immersive feel. Plus, like, let's get this product out. Um, Frontier have stated that the bartender or the bartering system, rather, has an RNG thing to it. And as I already answered for Wolf, failure uh, to successfully barter 
critical failure will result in the mission being removed. The barkeeper is the material trader. You know, you bring Odyssey mats to him and you sell him the stuff through the token system. I dig that. I like it. I think it's a much better system. And I agree with Roy. It'd be very, very cool if, uh, you know, we can get that sort of going back. Also, the new terminals for the missions in the Starport shows upgraded UI that seems to me vastly preferable to the Horizons in-ship mission boards. This allows you to seek out missions by the faction, but also seek out mission by the, you know, mission type or or modular functionality, you know, of the search just to like, okay, I want ones that do this for these people or this for these people. And it shows you right at a glance, you know, which ones are, you know, federal. Well, in this particular case, it was a federation area. So there weren't any empire or, or, or alliance. It was just feds or non like independence. Um, that was a very, very cool system. Uh, and lastly, the link is in the show notes, so you guys can all, anybody, you've all seen it, who are we kidding, but you can all go see it. Now, let's circle back around to the fucking big thing. Fade to black, getting on the ship. Everybody's going to get their points in. Go ahead, start with Roy. Uh, so, I don't really mind that part actually um the fate to black and the reason i say that is i'm going to bring up an, an analogy to a different game uh, in warframe uh that does have a ship interior it's basically a uh cutscene to enter and exit your ship i think that might be the best of both worlds i kind of agree that running for 15 minutes through an anaconda to get to your chair would get old really fast but i think the the argument against having ship interiors is getting conflated with whether or not you need to run through that ship to get in and out of the ship there are other games who've been able to separate those two issues and it works better mm. uh i'm gonna hop in and, and give my hot take on this one and then we'll go down the list so I, I, I heard that point that uh, Art made where he's like, ah, you don't want to run through 10 minutes. Uh, honestly, all due respect, I think that's bullshit. I think that's weak sauce. I disagree strongly. Obsidian Ant just put up a post uh, after that stream where he said, hey, do you want ship interiors? Like 98% of the people said, yes, I want ship interiors. Uh, to give you an example, Star Citizen is sort of a weak half formed i mean it's got some cool possibilities but it's nowhere near a fully functional game and the absolute best part of it is the ship interiors and it's out earning frontier even in its half finished state like yes people want ship interiors space nerds want to walk around on their spaceships and the argument of you don't want to spend 15 minutes getting into your ship if you're being shot at is just uh, dumb because there's number one, if you have a limited set piece, you can get on, you could board your ship, even in Star Citizen where they have full out maps on a large, massive ship like the Caterpillar, which I own one in Star Citizen. I can get from the elevator to my cockpit seat and be ready for takeoff in 30 seconds. And that's as big as ships get at this point. So that's kind of a just a straw man argument in addition to that you can literally put it to where from the entrance you take the elevator up and you're right behind the cockpit so it's two seconds to get in your cockpit or you turn right and then you get to the rest of the ship everybody wants to walk around well 98 percent of people want to walk around in their ship so i think that is just 
a bullshit straw man argument. Now, I get the fact that they don't have that ready now. And that's okay. But like, don't accept as a player base. Do not accept that argument and let that shit go. Go to the forums. Go into the chat live streams. When you talk to community managers, when you give feedback, give them the proper feedback, which is, no, we want to walk on our ships. We want that as a possibility. That doesn't mean we want 15 minutes of running around in a ship till we get into the seat. We, you could literally turn right, you're at your seat. Turn left is the rest of the ship. Ta-da! Fixed it. But, like, don't don't accept that. That's That's bad. That's not good. Next down the list is Boss Lady B. Your thoughts on this whole thing. All right. So I have two points. I kind of want to back up Roy in that I'm not too put out that we can't get on. There was a little bit of a, oh, um, there was that moment of being like, oh, shoot, we can't get up the ramp. Now, two different points on this. I think that they could give us an option of having a loading point like that and getting on quickly or going the long way through. However, I'd like to propose a third solution with a feature we just saw in that video. They have an airlock and an elevator where you walk in, it transitions you to the next space. What if we had a loading ramp and a cargo bay? And maybe each one is different for each ship, but then you go through your door and that's the transition scene where you move into the cockpit. So it's... There are ways that they could abridge that, and then later, of course, we all want to walk around on the ship. But I know, I know, Jez has a really good point on this one, so I won't go into mm. why it's difficult. But that's that's kind of my perspective. I think that I would love ship interiors. I'm okay with where it's at now, and there might be a middle ground. I feel like your answer is sort of a variation of mine. I said, get on the ship, turn left, you're at the cockpit, turn right, you're at the ship interior. Your Yours was, take the elevator to floor one, you're at the ship interior, the elevator to floor two, you're at the cockpit. I think we're simpatico on this one. You need the elevator music. Come on, Kai. This is, this is yeah. very important. You could get the elevator music of like, tall and ten and young and lovely, the girl from... Never mind. Uh, Wolf, you're next. I really just want to walk over to the coffee machine even if it's just in the larger cockpit like i'm in a courier right now i don't expect to get up and walk around in that but if it's a bigger ship let me walk around let me sit in a different chair and just you know maybe not drive but do something all right holden let me just say one thing don't go through life pushing buttons bro uh I'm going to, everybody, see, Boss Lady teased up Jez, and he's at the bottom of the list, but she teased him up. So let's skip down to Jez, and then we'll work our way back up. Go, Jez. Yeah, I think that really, to, to substantiate what everybody else is saying, I've been saying from feet to seat. I think I don't care about ship interiors if it's going to take a long-ass time, like, getting damage mod on all of the ships. Hi, Anaconda. You're the only one. But... I do think having a passage is very important. Uh, if it's even if you don't see very much, you gotta have the passage. However, one thing that made the Fade the Black not so bad, and they could have messed this up badly, but they didn't. I'm glad to see that the elevator is not the point you get on your ship. I'm glad to see that you do get to see your ship in a hangar and walk to and from it because they could have easily done it so different and that is a small but appreciated uh, redeeming point for me 
Now, just to clarify, in case anybody's like, no, I want an elevator to get on my ship. He, what he's talking about is he would have hated it if the elevator from the station faded you to black and then it just launched you out. It just shat you out like a, yeah. He, but but you're still good with the idea of having a ship elevator from the hangar to your ship, yeah? Yeah, I would like to see it as the first thing. Just get us a quick access or a quick route to that, you know, cockpit seat. You know, say feet to seat. It's got to happen. Make it seamless in some way. You're all right. All right. I, I This is the one part of the video that broke my heart. I, I get it. It's hard. Programming is hard. They've done a whole lot and there's a whole lot more coming. But they're taking away my Han Solo moment where I'm running up the ramp, shooting behind me at the mm-hmm. bad guys coming at me. And, and there's a door behind every cockpit. You run up the ramp, you turn through that door, you're in your cockpit, you hop in your seat, you fly away. It would be mm-hmm. an exciting moment of gameplay and they're taking it away. My other mm-hmm. question is, what do you see when I go to that fade to black to go board my ship? Do I just vanish into thin air? Because how immersion like breaking is that? Like yeah. a ninja. <laughs> right. Now, Obsidian Ant did have a good point on one of his videos. that, and, and I don't think I've ever looked at this in third person, but apparently in the SRV, if you board and you look at it in third person, there's a whole uh, scene where you go up on the little ramp and it lifts you up in and such so if they can do it somehow like that and you can see me going up a ladder or something then that's a little better but they're still taking away that exciting gameplay moment where i'm trying to get away from these pirates at this settlement and i'm shooting from behind me running up my ramp saying chewy get it started and 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 it's just it's gone it's board ship fade to black i'm in my cockpit let's go that that that's sad that's legit. You're going to have a Mexican co-pilot. That's what's up. I know a but I've known I have got two cousins that are both named Chewy, but different sizes of fa- never mind. Uh and Sanderling, you're up next. Last. Go for it. <laughs> First time for everything. <laughs> um yeah, um I I think that the the whole fade to black mechanic is well, you know, I mean, I think it's kind of like the first time you do it, that's going to be exciting. Yeah. And, oh, look, I'm running to my ship. And, oh, look, there's the coffee machine. And there's the, there's the, I don't know, in my cabin and, and that kind of shit. But, but, like, and then jump into the seat and then fly the ship. Yeah. But, like, the 400th time you do it, it's just going to be a pain in the ass. But it's like, I just want to go. You know, get in the ship, go. Thank you very much. So, I don't know. I think on a long-term basis, it, 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 you know, I, I I do understand the perspective that it's a disappointment for for uh, because it's about environments, isn't it? You know, like we all fly ships, and now feet offers a different kind of in- environmental interaction. And you know, when you get on the ship, that is the that that's your home. That's your ship. That's that's the environment that you're in. So of course, it's natural to want that. Um, but in terms of the mechanic of transition from uh, an external environment into your ship, uh, I think that it would be interesting for about five minutes and then it would rapidly become a source of aggravation. Thanks. So looking at this, uh, when they put a poll in the forums, by and large, the, the three things that people were asking for more than anything else was crossplay, ship interiors, and the full spectrum of atmospheric landings. When uh, if City and Ant just put out a poll, 98% of the people said, yes, we want ship interiors. 
when I asked it of people, every, just everyone I talked to says, yeah, yeah, of course we want ship interiors. I think we need to stay loud. We need to stay. I mean, I'm not saying, don't be a dick about it. Don't like, you know, whatever. Don't accost them and be rude. But say firmly and loudly and clearly with no ambiguity to every community manager, to every uh, developer, to every everyone on every stream, on every question, on every forum post. This is a thing that we want. And we're not, this is not optional. This is not a thing that we're like, eh, maybe we want it kind of, but not really. Like we want it like a lot. We want ship interiors. And if you disagree with me, please feel free to pipe up. Anyone here not want ship interiors? Anyone? Okay. There's... <clears throat> and there's like, no joke, 156 people in this fucking chat channel and not a single person stood up and said, nah, I don't want it. Like, we want this. And again, we don't have to go the Latvian route and be rude about it, but we need to be very clear and very, you know, unambiguous in like, yeah, no, your little idea of like, yeah, who wants it really? We do. We want it really. This is like one of those what Chris Metzen moments of you think you do, but you don't. No, I think I do because I do. So, yeah, let's have that, please. Uh, Roy, there was a point that you wrote, then you removed it. Uh, but I, I thought it was interesting. What is it that you wrote? Uh, it's, about, it's about the shipboarding issue. So, in, in particular, this goes back to something we talked about in the past of how the balance between small and large ships plays out. And, and this whole thing about getting on a ship and whether you're running down a corridor or not or taking an elevator, to me, it seemed like there's an opportunity here to make this uh, to make this a reason why you pick a small ship versus a large ship. I mean, if, to use the Star Wars analogy that tweaked started, if you're, if you're Obi-Wan jumping into your Jedi Starfighter, that should be a hell of a lot faster than if you're, you know, I don't know, getting sucked up into a Star Destroyer and figuring out how to take it off. It could be a reason for smaller ships being able to move quicker from a combat zone than, than larger ships. Right on. All right, so let's move on to, yeah, the next point, which was the second thing they put out on Thursday, which was the Starport Tour discussion stream. Uh, this was community managers Art and Bruce and uh, assistant producer Samantha Marsh. Now, I just want to say flat out, they need to get more Samantha on. Samantha was amazing. She was charismatic. She was excited. Uh, Samantha has the same quality to me as, I, I, I'm sorry, I forget his name, uh, but I've mentioned it two or three times. Uh, the, the, the big black guy from the sound team, where as soon as they start asking him about his job, his smile lights up and he's just like, I can't wait to talk to you about this. And that is genuine as fuck. Both that dude and this Samantha Marsh lady are like that's a home run that's more of what you want get them on more streams because these people are articulate engaging excited and they are their smile genuinely sells product use that uh okay so a couple of points from this uh the view from the installation out of the landing area is a live view this is not just a representation you can see your friends you can see ships coming in real time uh Outwards. They didn't say explicitly inward. I'm hoping. We'll see. Uh, but outward, yes, you can see that in live view. 
all of the starports and some of the engineering bases are going to have sort of similar facilities and layouts, but they have slight changes to give each one its own feel. I've got very big skeptical hippo eyes on that. I don't really believe this, but I don't really care. To me personally, I want a clean, efficient layout that gets me loaded and with my shit and back on my ship as soon as possible. I'm not overly worried about them being different. The one thing that I am kind of curious is they did not show a shoebox station. They still have not shown a shoebox station. They've gotten pointed questions, and I know for a fact that behind the scenes, they are very well aware that people have been asking pointed questions about, hey man, how exactly does this work with regard to the Zero-G systems stations at the little ones? And they've basically said, oh, uh, uh, you know, gravity boots, and then just sort of disengage brain. Uh, and that to me is like, that doesn't account for the drinks at the bar, how they're staying in their glass. That doesn't account for the plants. That doesn't account for shit that just happens to be sitting on the ground or a pencil that's sitting on a desk or any kind of what that doesn't account for all of the other aspects of gravity. And they just sort of have ignored that very, very pointedly. So I, I find that mm, interesting. Um, well, we'll see. Uh, the haggling thing is based on your rep and your rank. Uh, it is RNG based. So, you know, your chances of success or failure do vary depending on both your reputation with the faction and your rank in that particular skill that's in, in question. But in the end, RNG still gets a roll. And as I said, a light fail, uh, you lose the bonus, but you still have the mission. Uh, critical fail, you lose the mission. You don't get a chance to do that mission, but you don't take any hits, so you can't use that to game the system to tank uh, uh, inf. Um, the, the Pioneer Supplies, Samantha said that modifications can be made to your weapons here. In addition to just making weapon purchases, in some rare cases, certain vendors can offer special pre upgraded modifications that are not widely available so it's worth it to travel around and seek out special deals these deals will change every week and they can be partially affected by the type of station there i.e high tech or or refinery or whatever now this this brings a couple of interesting points number one that upgrades are available from the shop number two that Basically, some sort of modifications can be made at the shop, some sort of alternate version of sort of engineering or some some similar thing, whatever. We know they're going to still be engineers. We know that. But some of the gear is upgraded through a system. So, you know, you go to the barman, you trade for some stuff, you take it right over and you get the other thing. That That is interesting. Um, yes, that was the other point, Roy. We'll get to that after. Because that was the thing that was interesting that I was like, no, yeah, you've removed it. Okay. Uh, so um, so that's interesting that there's going to be sort of pre-upgrades that you can get and you're going to kind of hunt around and if you find a good one, a high-level one, you want to snap it up before the week is done because then it's gone. Um, there were over 800 soundtracks at the bar. We talked about that. The Vista Genomics, not seen in the tour, but they talked about it uh, with Samantha on the stream. You will sell scans of flora here to gain exobiology rank, similar to how you sell universal cartographic data, uh, uh, exploration data to universal cartographics. Art said, 
there will be elite ranks and beyond. So there's going to be new levels past elite. Now, in the Frontier First Encounters, I think it was, or Frontier, uh, or FFE2, in one of the two, there was the rank of Archangel. You could get a rank beyond Elite, which was called Archangel. I'm excited to see if that's a thing. And, and it, are these new past, these new ranks past Elite, are they going to be transposed onto the pre-existing? Are we no longer going to talk about someone being triple elite, but triple Archangel? Like, hey, I'm Archangel for exploration. I'm only elite for trade, but I'm Archangel for combat. Or, I mean, maybe it's not even Archangel. Maybe it's something else. But like, are the new past elite ranks going to go to the, to the previous ones? Or are they just going to be on offer for the new ones? How is that going to work? Big question mark. Much excite. Let's see what it is. Um, also, in addition to the new flora, pre-existing flora, they, this was a very cool thing Samantha said. Not just are the new plants going to be um, like there's going to be different ages of them and different advancements and different sort of sub variations or whatever. And not only are the new types of flora going to have like a, a new looks and interesting whatever. But the pre-existing flora is going to get a facelift as well. So brain trees and pumpkins and all that shit that we've seen before. I can't wait to get out there and see what they look like now. I want to see. I can't wait for Canon or somebody to put out a detailed list of here are the, you know, different, all of the different flora types or biotypes that we dealt with before. And here's what they look like now, side by side, just the same way as uh, Space Hero, DJ Wiley, put out that awesome video of here are what the planets look like side by side. I can't wait for someone to, here's a list of all the plants side by side, old and new. And let's let's compare the looks. That shit is awesome. Um, Inter Astra uh, is a, uh, let's see. Yep. Inter Astra is a shipyard and also you can use it for changing modules and storing ships. Booking a taxi from Apex Interstellar will be traveling in real time. Again, I've got massive skeptical hippo eyes at that. I do not believe that shit. That is something that Art said on the stream, and I'm calling that flat out. I don't believe it. I'm going to see it for myself. We'll time it, and we'll see. I think, yes, it's going to be in sort of quasi-real time. I think it's going to be like, uh, how do I say this? Like, yes, you, it shows you, you get in the ship, you sit in the seat, you go for a while, but like if it's a hour and 27 minute trip to Hutton Orbital, is it going to really be an hour and 27 minutes of sitting there in that seat? I'll believe it when I see it. We'll see. Um, Frontline Solutions is a system for getting you into large ground-based combat zones in the system you are in. While you can fly to the zone or walk in, if you book through Frontline Solutions, you will be deployed in a dropship. These combat zones will vary wildly based on the location and the time of day. In addition, these zones will feature control points and objectives, not just have a kill fest. Now, Art mentioned when playing that he got a serious Starship Trooper drop scene vibe, and he talked about being strapped in to the seat in the dropship, and it made it feel like, you know, a whole different sort of experience. So I'm thinking this dropship, as we've said before is a different type of loading screen than the Apex sitting in the multi-crew seat type of loading screen. 
Art talked about having about not having any options at front lines when there are no war going on. So clearly, this is not, as we've all previously sort of speculated, the FPS version of CQC. That was previously mentioned. So Art did previously mention, he said, are we going to have CQC on, in, on, on land, on FPS? Yes. Okay. So this is not it because otherwise the people at Frontline Solutions wouldn't say to you, sorry, no business for you today because there's no combat zones here. This is taking you as a mercenary and getting you to a FPS version of a combat zone. So here's a question. If they haven't said a single word then, other than Art's one statement of, yes, we're going to have FPS CQCs, they've never mentioned it again ever anywhere. And we're looking at alpha stuff and we're not seeing it. Seems to me like an FPS CQC would be the perfect way to test combat stuff in an alpha. So why are we not seeing any of that? What did that get cut? Is that just a thing that's not there anymore? Are we going to get it later? That's that's weird. Um Again, there were massive UI upgrades. The team will be getting a stream to talk about this soon, to talk it all over. So they're, they're acknowledging like, yeah, we put in a lot of work on this UI. And you know what? It's amazing. That team deserves a raise. Um, Samantha said there are audio Easter eggs in the stations. I cannot wait to find them. Uh, and then they talked about the road ma roadmap to alpha phases, which we sort of already covered. Um, so we're going to skip that. Now let's go back up over the points here and we see the very first one was, uh, we're going to get to Roy from the last segment where you talked about, go ahead. You, you had a question about emotes. Yeah. I mean, they've hyped that these stations are going to be the social hubs now. And, um, I think something that features very strongly in other MMOs when you go to a social hub is you have more interaction with characters other than just, I mean, other player characters, other than just turning left and right. It appears like that might be our only interactions. Um, mm. A lot of games have things like uh, emotes where you can point and uh, uh, wave and salute. I mean, there should be an 07 emote, you know, uh, even in... in uh, combat you can imagine hand signals or in the social spaces i mean any of the other games i've played with there's a social space you walk in and there's going to be people uh sitting on benches or on the floor or jumping up and down or dancing or there's all kinds of weird stuff there's lots of expressivity that gets lost if you don't have that and i'm not sure i just think they're missing a beat here if they don't have if they've done all this mocap on these characters surely surely they could have done some mocap on some simple emotes and have a way to do that in a social space it's it feels like they're missing the minimum bar here that other mmos have set all right let me respond to you uh on that roy i like the idea of um sort of an 07 type salute emote or whatever but here's the problem with emotes, as far as once I'm you open the door of emotes, even just a crack, the player base will bar through that door like fucking Godzilla. And the next thing you know, you've got dances and this and that and the other. And you end up with the same thing in every MMO I've ever seen that has emotes, which is you get to town and standing on the mailbox, some 12-year-old decided he was going to make 
a blonde with the biggest boobs possible, wearing the least amount of clothing possible, doing the quote-unquote sexy fire elf or blood elf or whatever the hell dance. And, like, the cheese factor just goes off the fucking charts so fast. It's disrespectful to women. It's immersion-breaking. It's tacky as all fuck. It's 19 kinds of bad all in one. And I, I get wanting to because where you're coming from roy is an absolute great place you're saying i think we should have more sort of ability for commanders to express themselves i think that the vast majority of elite players are sort of sort of adults and will express themselves through like we always like we do now people put oh sevens in the chat people put a little the little uh like zero with the line the diagonal like the forward slash for like a wave there's ways that we sort of express ourselves i think that David Braben seems to be a very sort of conservative, classy, reserved guy. And I think that he might be looking like the fact that they didn't include any emotes. They said flat out, we're not having emotes. I think that comes from a place of like, I do not want to see night elf girls dancing half naked on the fucking mailboxes. And I think it's it's one of those words, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because, like, I get it. It's definitely, you're 100% Roy, right, Roy, that, like, having the ability for players to express themselves is a good thing. I just see it going into a shit show super fast any way you cut it. It has in every game I've ever seen where they have it. It immediately turns into night elf dancing girls. And I don't understand why, but it's... Well, it's let, me, let, let, me, let me respond to that briefly. I would just say... Sure. Uh, maybe those other games don't have a conservative, classy leader who's trying to uh, sort of put a break on that. There's, this isn't does this doesn't have to be a case of extremes. I mean, we could have a very limited list of maybe you've got an 07 salute and you've got uh, you know the the same sort of hand used for a squad in combat or something like that. It could be it could be a reserved list. There's way I think there's ways to approach that without, you know, giving the slippery slope argument and because it, it someone has to program each of these things. No one's going to be doing a stripper pole dance unless someone programs it. Yeah, it's just one of those things though that once you start some of them, it's a slippery slope because people hound you and hound you and hound you in the forums or whatever like add this, add that. You know what? After the show, you and I are going to get together, Roy, and we're going to word because I want to word a neutral poll. I don't want it to be slanted in my favor. We're going to word a poll that we both agree on. And we're going to put it out there. We're going to see what the player base thinks on the whole emote idea. No, I, I, dude, you make a good point. No, that's fair. That's fair. You, you do make a good point. So, all right. So that takes us to Jez. I was going to mention the elite ranks, but I'll, I'll keep it succinct and won't get into it. But if, if they, well, they are expanding elite ranks. No, it's going to piss so many people off if they've ground out combat. I, I don't think it's, there's no point to it, but that's just me. But I want to weigh in what you were saying about emotes. If, if, if look at it this way, if they were to spend time on giving us a set of emotes and it was to come with the launch of Alpha, or sorry, Odyssey, that would be a really big slap in the face if that was development time that took away from possibly an SRV variant or ship interior slash partial ship interior. I think emotes is something that you kind of got players picking off as, oh, that will be nice, as opposed to development time of like, oh, that's going to be real good. So I, I don't give a fuck about it, to be honest. And I would be, you know, I, I think that everybody else shouldn't give a fuck about it either, but, you know. 
That's just me. Right on. All right, we got the queen of plants to talk about plants. Oh, of course, I couldn't pass this up. So uh, Jez and I were on that first dev diary with you guys. That was when we met you and we talked about how excited we were about the plants and the mm-hmm. images. So hearing Samantha say that they're going to go back in and actually tweak some of the existing plants or they're going to overhaul them. And I'm really hoping we get some variation in size or color. I mean, wouldn't it be incredible if you went to a brain tree forest and you had gigantic brain trees or a couple gigantic ones and smaller ones and medium sized ones, or, you know, maybe there's a planet where it is perfectly situated for a a super giant pumpkin you know i mean wouldn't that be neat you could have a go find the the giant pumpkin contest anyway i'm just really excited for that i mean i know i have to wait until i believe it's week three of the alpha before we get to see some of these and i know based on the way that they've done it in the past we probably won't be able to get to see all of them and i think arf said something like that like the goldilocks planets and um, so I just, I really can't wait to get out there, explore, and it's neat to know that the current assets are going to be updated as well as new ones getting added in. The thing that, to me, about the whole plant thing that you just discussed, I just, number one, yes, I agree on every last bit of it, but number two, the thing that is the big question mark for me is the new plants, they exist, are, are they going to be just like you go to a place and you find them you know, kind of like how you go around now driving on an SRV and you'll randomly find some some materials here and there of the, the level one where it's like shoot a rock and it spits out some materials. Or is it going to be on the same system that we kind of have now? I pray to God it's not where it's like go to Biosite 4 and that has the new like I want them to just sort of be existing in the world places. I want it to be not just these discrete places where you go, like an event, like, oh, take a tour, go over there, see an Amish dude. I'd rather just it be like, hey, there's some Amish people sort of sprinkled every which way and you got to look around for them kind of thing. I know that got really weird for the Amish, but they don't listen to podcasts, so fuck them. Uh, Let's see. Next up is Wolf. So when you were talking about the quasi real-time uh, transfer of people, uh, I'm wondering if the time point they're going to use is the time point we have for transferring ships from station to station. Possibly. Roy, we got to speed this up. Uh, yeah, oh, just, I'm sorry. Yeah, go ahead. Just some general feedback on the stream. I, I love the fact that some of these UI upgrades are going to go back to other parts of the game, uh, as, as Sam was saying. I, I think also the comment about reworking the images and maybe working into a life cycle for biologicals and geological existing POIs, I think that means there's maybe hope for the preservation of the location of existing ones. That's that's what I took away from that. Um, and I, I really like that the frontline solutions wasn't this in-game CQC, um, that it's in-game, it's going to have impact on BGS. The one question I was is, how do you get back? When you get there, uh, I'm, I'm assuming there's a pickup point? Or they didn't really touch on that. Like, you get dropped, you get tossed out of the ship, and good luck, and you fight the battle, and answer. somehow you got to come back. I got an answer that's coming later in the stream. So okay. we got... Uh, so we got tweaked and then sanderling and then we're moving to the next thing because we're running way late all right on the emotes i'm gonna disagree as well uh, agree with you kai I, I don't think emotes are important in the least 
I've never seen a game where you use emotes and it looks good. It always looks some kind of hokey or cheesy. And I agree the the stations are going to be a social hub place to meet people, but they can do that in different ways. Like you said, you got the system chat and you can do it if you have a headset like in Red Dead. You can't talk to everybody unless you're in a party. But if you're not in a party with somebody and you're on different sides of the map, you can't talk to each other. But once you ride near each other, you can hear people talking. So if we're standing next to each other in the bar, we may be able to just talk that way. Just a thought. The shuttles, though, that that piqued my interest with the the in-system shuttles. They paid 100 credits to go to another station further down the system because I'm a multi-billionaire and I'm kind of lazy at this point. I might not. If I'm running missions for BGS, I might not fly myself from the first station to the second to the third to the fourth to collect all the missions and then go out and do them. But if I can take a shuttle to them all and then shuttle back to my ship, and then, you know, while I'm flying to them, I can go make dinner for my daughter or something. Absolutely. I'll, I can see myself utilizing that almost daily. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I got to go take a leak or go, to, you know, microwave dinner, then I'm going to take the shuttle. But in general, hell no. I play this game so I can fly spaceships. I want to fly spaceships. But yes, for what you're talking about of like, I got to go do a thing. I got to go fucking, you know, help my kid with their homework or I got to go do a thing. Okay. Yeah. Set it for eight, you know, set it and forget it. Eight minutes, whatever. Yeah, I dig it. Um, all right. Uh, which takes us to Sanderling. Mocap point ship interiors. Exterior. Yeah, man. I'm just kind of like thinking about the emote side of things. And, and you, you mildly distracted me by there, but talking about going, taking a leak. And I was just like trying to visualize, you know, an emote about Kai taking a leak. But then I decided not to. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, I, I just think to be fair to Frontier here, I mean, um, <laughs> mocap is an involved process. You know, you, you, you got to have people to actually, you know, wear the gear, do the stuff, capture the mm-hmm. stuff. It's like, and and it is fair to say that okay, there's been a long development period around Odyssey, but over the last few months. We've been in the middle of a pandemic and getting people together in a room so they could do mocap is maybe a bit of a stretch. Do you know what I mean? Um, uh, you know, so so I think that maybe mocap emotes are more a casualty of COVID than they are of any desire on Frontier's part, just not to full point include them in the game. You know what I mean? Good point. Um, and I, but I also think that, you know, actually I'm, my, my view is kind of with Jez's there. It's like, fuck it, who cares? I'm flying a spaceship. I can't see anybody anyway unless I, like, you know, pull a Maverick move and sit over the top of their cockpit. So, and then all, the only emote I'm going to get is a finger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> International relations, right on. Exactly. You know, so, so, uh, you know, I mean, I get, I, I, I get emotes will add stuff to the game, but at the same time, from a mocap specific perspective and making those things look good <laughs> and professional, it's a bit of a stretch, I think, given the current climate of things. Um, and I just want to make a point out that, that some of these ship exteriors that we were seeing on some of the videos and, and stuff before, it looks like they've seriously upgraded the the exterior. Uh, I don't know if it's just light and model or if there's you know additional stuff in terms of the actual textures or, or stuff. But stuff's looking mm-hmm. good. Stuff's no, looking they specifically, good. So, you know, they, so <clears throat> they specifically said on the stream with Dr. K that they uh, increased the the ships and the other physical objects in the game. The lighting team took a pass, and they took a pass of 
PBX or PB something, physical-based materials, PBM maybe, I don't know. It's a, some smart people shit, but they basically, they made all of the textures, ships, stations, stuffs look better. It's, it's lit better and it has, shit looks like it actually has a physical feel to it as opposed to being fucking polygon type looking stuff. Fucking so, right. Yeah. And then, do, do you know what? That's, that's a more valuable thing for Elite in my view than, um, you know, than, than being able to see somebody do the Fortnite dance. There you go. I agree 100%. All right, we got to move because we're way late. So uh, the last stream on Thursday, the last thing that they posted out, and this was the uh, um, Games Radar clip. Now, this is going to be brief. It was a 2 minute and 31 second clip. First off, the first 52 seconds of the clip, more than a third of it, was footage that was entirely retread from Developer Diary 1 through 3. And this enraged a lot of Elite Dangerous players who completely missed the point. That footage was not aimed at you. It wasn't aimed at me. It wasn't aimed at any of us. It was aimed at the wider audience of Games Radar viewers that don't have a fucking clue about what Elite Dangerous is. And it was trying to sell them on, hey, this is a cool thing. You should add this to your Steam wish list. Look at it. Google it. Look into stuff. Maybe you want to check out this game. It was aimed at people that don't know shit about Elite. And you know what? For a 52-second clip, it did a fucking amazing job of being a sales pitch for Elite. I looked at that clip through the eyes of, what if I've never seen this before? And I looked at it and said, oh, that looks good. I want to go to there. So you know what? Bravo. And people that are butthurt about it, I get it. it but it wasn't aimed at you. So just relax. Uh, from the one minute, one second mark on, you see the system map upgrade. Now, I have a question. Is this is this the new system map? Did they upgrade it across the whole game wide or is it just for this Apex Interstellar? Because that system map looked awesome. The, the colors were nice. The the it just looked good it looked really good on the left side it had a list of options like a like a fleet carrier menu that were you know a bunch of stuff there was system map shows new icons for four types of planets you have non-landable planets which have no icon on them landable non-atmosphere planets which just have the existing landable icon that little kind of half a circle on the top left corner with it looks like little buildings or bars coming off of it the landable atmosphere planet which has that same landable icon but underneath it there's a bubble sphere that goes completely around the the body and then non-landable atmospheric planet which are ones that just have the bubble that don't have the little landable icon presumably that would be a lightly atmospheric planet that just doesn't have any stations or settlements on it um, there is an icon that is for the drop-off point it looks like a little ringed world with a down arrow that clearly shows uh, on the map, there are various station types that can be landed upon. Excluded from that list was the fleet carriers. All of the fleet carriers that were listed there, and there were a bunch of them, didn't have that little icon. So apparently, it looks like, I don't think, at least as of the time that that was taken, you can take a taxi to a fleet carrier, even if that fleet carrier allows you people to land there. Um, the top of the screen shows Apex Shuttle Mode. And then there is clearly an edit that is covering some of the data, cutting some of the data off because it says select a port or a planetary. And then where the rest of the P from port would be, it's the P is cut mid letter. And uh, I don't know. So there's, there's something that was hidden there or covered over maybe whatever, but um, there's a super cruise fee of a hundred credits. Uh, no listing for a hyperspace fee. Cause this is an in system, whatever. If you wanted to book a jump from out of system, you would have had to choose because when you first go there, that says, do you want an, like a short range or a long range? Short range is I'm going to go in system. Long range is I need something that can jump me out of the system. Uh, 
The left column uh, uh, had options of multiple interesting icons that needs further investigations. Clearly identifiable was bookmark, ship, details, settlement, and exit. The rest of the icons, I don't know what they were. I'm interested. On the right-hand side, there was a context-sensitive menu that pops up uh, whenever you select an item of a planetary body on the map that shows icons for stuff with that body. At the 2 minute and 13 second mark, after booking your trip, you leave the kiosk and proceed to the elevators just behind it, uh, which will take you to the shuttle hangar, just like the ones across the hall will take you to your dropship on the frontline solutions. Um, <clears throat> you board the adder. Uh, this sort of, there's the same sort of circle of boarding at the, at the base, but actually this one didn't bother me as much because it's at least at the base. So like you walk up and you see like the access hatch ladder and it puts you at the base of that. So like, at least that one is not, it, I don't know. It's closer to a thing. It's it, it just like put in a fucking three second animation of my guy scrambling up the ladder. I don't have to move the controls or whatever. And then fade to black. I'm in the ship, whatever. I get it. But like, give a ship interiors, please. Uh, after a minute and 21 seconds of new footage around the apex, the last 20 seconds here, again, are general marketing. So it, it cuts off. It doesn't show you any of the actual flight. Here are my real quick, this is my down and dirty 10 suppositions or whatever that I think is going to be apex interstellar. Number one, the ships are in God mode and cannot die. It's not going to be a situation where you get on an apex interstellar and it just a la Huak bars into the side of a station like sometimes your docking computer does. You're, you're going to get there fine. Number two, the ships are all in solo mode. No matter what, you cannot be fucked with by other players uh, and they are coded to not be fucked with by AI. Um, I know that Art made some comment of like, other ships can see you. Okay, fine. Mm, maybe, whatever. But I think they can't. I think it's one of those where it's like, hey, look, here's a copy of my ship, but it's it's interactable. You can't nobody can get you i don't there's no way they're going to let you be strapped into a seat where you can't move can't defend yourself can't anything and other people can kill you i don't buy it number three the ships will fly in quasi real time not actual real time i've already covered that we'll see i i i do not believe they're going to make you sit there for 45 minutes strapped into the seat and nothing works number four all the ships for the apex interstellar are going to be adders i think that is adders are the new taxi that's my bet. They're the new Toyota hybrid, whatever that, yeah, Prius. Uh, number five, you can instantly book an Uber planet side and one will magically appear in front of you. So like if you get to a place, you know, where there's uh, accessibility, you can like, just like an Uber, you can call one up and then 30 seconds later, 60 seconds later, one lands, you get on and you go. Uh, you will be limited in how far you can take them. Even if in a group, if you go and book a taxi, even if you're like, oh, we're three people in a party, I think each of you are going to get your own adder and your own single multi-crew seat that you sit in. Um, even after they said in the video that you can only taxi to locations with a station, I think they're still going to allow you to taxi to certain other uh, exceptions where it's like, I've got a mission to go to this spot for a something like a POI that is a, hey, go over here and, you know, scavenge this ship or whatever. I think they're going to let you. And I think that like if, if, say, you're in a 20 minute flight and you have to log off, your wife comes home and she's like, hey, I got groceries. Get over here, asshole. You got to help me unload this. And you log off for the day and then don't get back. 
I, I, I think what's going to happen is the next day when you log on, you're going to find yourself standing in the hangar and find that, you, you know, they unloaded you in your sleep, so to speak. So I, a disclaimer, these are my suspicions only. We'll see what it actually is. Uh, and yes, I know Art said about the flights in real time. I'm calling bullshit on this and I'll judge it for myself. All right. So next up, we've got uh, Sanderling. You had a point. Yeah, I just want to point out. Adams, it makes sense. If you went back to 1984 and you read the original Elite Manual, the Ada was referenced, and it was one of the few ships which was capable of planetary landings due to Preg's wing-folding system. It was uh, quite unique in the, in the original manual, so it's kind of potentially a little Easter egg throwback there, you know? But, um, but somewhat controversially, my view is like, you know, at the end of the day, take a taxi, kind of a cop-out, you know, fly a fucking ship. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I, again, I, I'm, I'm feeling pretty much like I'm going to want to fly whenever possible, unless, like I said, I got to go do something, in which case, if I'm going downstairs to, you know, make myself some soup or whatever, and it's going to take eight minutes, I might be lazy and do it, whatever. Um. All right. I'm going to open this up. Everyone just open talk cover this this thing this 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 apex interstellar thing go everybody's got nothing I, I, I think it's actually great it's great not i am I'm, I'm with you sanderlene i love flying these ships but there are times where like i said I, i've gotten lazy i don't want to fly my ship from station to station to station to station necessarily and do the docking and all that kind of stuff if I can just <laughs> just do that, get my missions, and then go to my ship and do it, absolutely. But for those people that don't want to fly, there's a whole rash of people that are going to be getting Odyssey that don't have any idea of the intricacies of intricacies of flying these ships. Yeah. Don't know how to do it. And this is going to allow them to see this galaxy. It's going to allow them to dip their toes in, play the game that way, and then they're going to go, huh, I want to fly out to that place, but I don't have enough money to only had my own ship then i could do it and and they're gonna gradually make their way up the ladder to getting their ships and flying around i think this is great for the game um, i hope i hope that's sorry sorry go on jess uh, please <laughs> no i was just gonna say i hope that's incentivized i mean like it would be a dreadful thing for elite if i mean and don't get me wrong i mean i understand the whole foot mechanic and the broadening of horizons and 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 and, and different things for people to do different activities and a whole new generation of people joining the game it's all fantastic you know but elite is ultimately a space game you yeah. fly ships yeah and, and if you're not incentivized to, to go from a foot soldier, you know a foot soldier or a merc or whatever into flying a spaceship and then actually learning the craft of how to do that then then actually there's something very very hugely changed in the in the focus of the entire game and i think that would be a sad thing myself you know i, I get the feeling somewhere fdev they don't necessarily want us to think of this as a space game anymore because they've seen the success the no man's sky has had and they see what sc is starting to do and we're no longer in that uh mindset of we are our ship anymore yeah we're not our ship this is an open universe where we're living a life we're flying our ships we're going to the stations we're going down planets i don't feel like flying my ship i don't know how to fly my ship i don't have to i can take a taxi up to this station do this go over to this station do that 
it's it's now you're a person in this universe, not a ship. So I, I love this change. I think it's great for the game. I know, but the same. Sorry, go on, boss lady. That's okay. Go, Sanderling. I think you have a point on this one. I, I probably really don't. I'm very drunk. You please go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> At least he's honest. We're being British in this chat, John. No, please you. No, no, no. Please you. <laughs> well, being being drunk and flying a ship, you know, you need your space super. No, what I was going to say is from a purely selfish point of view, I'm kind of on the same page with Tweaked, which is there are times as a content creator, I want to be in one spot and I want to go to the next. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough hours in the day and I just kind of want to have that like, great, I'm just going to book my flight. I'm going to take my, you know, my eye patch things, put it over my eyes, put the earplugs in and I'm going to sleep on this long flight over to wherever it is. I'll wake up tomorrow, you know, get going with the next thing on the on the stream. But other than that, I really couldn't see much purpose for it. It's the same thing with fleet carrier jumps is I love the fleet carrier. It's useful in a lot of ways but I'm not going to use it all the time for getting around and using this ship is still faster, right? I I just like the whole feeling of, you know, like we are in an infrastructure, we are in a, we're not, you know, it just adds like agency, I think, you know? Totally agree. I had a couple thoughts on on uh, being able to call in a taxi. One, I'm wondering what limitations there will be on where and when you could call one in, because I could see some pretty humorous stuff if you can call one into a hot zone. And maybe it's not a formal CZ, but if you're in a mess up with some other people in a PvP situation, can you just call a taxi to get your butt out of there? That would be interesting. Um, I think the other thing about whether or not people should, you know, the the, the argument about people ought to fly ships, um, I think the game's changing. There's 8 million new accounts through Epic, and uh, I don't know how many through Game Pass, and I don't know how many people are going to be drawn in through F FPS. But this reminds me of like a conversation I've had with my kids about whether or not people should learn how to drive stick in a car, you know, a manual transmission. Like, I think the game is changing, and, and it may be a different a different sort of game view slash worldview from the new players to how we've played it. I, I I just, I can't imagine not wanting to fly your ship. I always am going to choose to fly your ship. But I think to the point of like people have the freedom to choose whatever they choose. And it's like that the whole point of this thing is this whole blaze your own trail thing. And it's like, I mean, I guess if there's a new player that starts with Odyssey that has never played the existing game and they come in because of FPS and they come in because of well, that looks cool, and it's the new flavor and whatever. I like the idea that maybe somebody that didn't have any intentions of flying a ship will come in and then be tempted and join us, uh, join us flyers. Like, I, I'm never going to choose to take the taxi over fly there if I don't have, a like, a specific reason, if I don't have something else to do, just because flying the ships is the fun for me. But teach their own. I wonder if there'll be a risk around that, that we end up with quite mm. a polar, uh, <clears throat> you know, for want of a better phrase, quite a polarized community in the sense of, you know, pe people who devote all of their gaming hours and their time to, uh, to 
suit. I don't know, getting a Maverick suit and getting it upgraded with an engineer and having grade five engineer EMP grenades or shield grenades. I don't know, whatever. The whole MMO type thing of classes and you know different different parties being put together with a healer and a tank and a and a DPS output and all that kind of stuff. So so you know you end up with a a game which is very much based around that kind of mechanic but and this is the important point the median factor for transport from system to system or planet to planet is is mediated through fucking other taxis uh, it's like where's the agency of other like you, you know people people who've been in the game for a long time who fly starships it's like well well, I could take you down there, and believe me, I'll I'll drop you in a hot zone quicker than you can fucking imagine, right? But it's like, no, no, you take the other taxi because it's easy. But where's the agency for you to interact with me? Where's the interaction for our ground-based foot community to interact with a space-based ship community? And I mean, I I, I don't think there will ever be a shortage of people that want to fly cool fucking spaceships. I, I, no, no, I think no, no, but, but I mean, where, where's the system in the game that connects the two? Well, I would contend that these taxis may not take us down to a settlement that's being raided by pirates or something, and that might be where you come into play. They, they, they could say, hey, I got this mission. Uh, you want to fly me down there? Okay. We have got to wrap this up because we are way, way late. We're going to let Jez take the last point on – he said he has the last point on taxis, and then we're jumping to Roy stories. We're skipping Galnet and all that shit. Just go look it up. It's there. Sorry. I, I know we're getting a bit doughy-eyed about – using our own ships but we got to keep in mind the dullest part of flying a spaceship is super cruise it is it, so dull most of the time unless you're going to get interdicted or something so i think um, that like these these taxis will pretty much just be filling that gap so we can either sit there twiddling our thumbs as we go in a straight line or we can be waiting for the computer to go in a straight line and drop out for us but maybe it's oversimplified thinking like that Again, I keep coming back to the same point of I'm never going to want to not fly my ship unless I have some concrete reason. I got a thing I got to do. I got to whatever. Okay, fine. But other than that, I want to fly. I want the super cruise. I want the, all of it. That's But that's just me. Again, every person has their choice. All right. Uh, like I said, we're going to skip the community goals. We did them all. I, I, I was in the top. 25 or 50 percent of all three things so i'm getting the the shield and the power thing and the type six we'll let you know next week how that type six works um i know a lot of people got some of the stuffs it's cool uh the galnet news should happen you know there's 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 links uh if we'll have it in the thing i'm i'm dude i'm sorry but we're like we're like 40 minutes late <clears throat> there you go Shit happened. It's it's the universe. This is the this is this particular week was news of Palooza, and we're going to make room for. Uh, we're skipping real life science. We're skipping everything else. We're going to make room for Roy stories because it's that good. And then we're going to close out the night. Control, go ahead and get us rocking with the Roy stories. We now return to our Inara Commander series with Mac Winston, Season Two, Episode Five, The Common Enemy. I came around again. G-lock. G-force induced loss of consciousness. 
It's when the brain is starved of oxygenated blood because under high g-forces it all goes down. It's better than the alternative, which is read out from negative g-forces. Mac! It was Cal's voice. What the fuck just happened? I looked around. The flight deck was entirely dark. Out of the canopy of our clipper, the stars slowly went by as the ship lazily spun, powerless. I could see the silhouette of a body on the canopy, its neck at an impossibly unhealthy angle. I cut the power. What? I cut the power. We were spat out of witch space. There were stories about malfunctions in witch space, of crews being turned inside out. It certainly had felt like that was about to happen when we dropped. Of time displacement, the reality was rather more mundane. If you survived the intense G-forces, then you would find yourself in interstellar space, hopefully with enough fuel to get somewhere, and hopefully with a ship that wasn't too badly damaged to make another jump. Otherwise, you would just freeze to death when the power ran out, and end up in the countless ranks of the disappeared, those commanders who made a witch space jump but never arrived at their destination. I reached to the control panel and reset the ship's master switch. The backup power came up. That was at least something to get us started. It was enough to get the ship stabilized and stop the spin. Isn't that dangerous? Cal asked after considering my admission. Somewhat less dangerous than being shot to death. Come on, let's check on the condition of the hijackers. I turned the flight deck lights back on and released myself from the seat restraints. The man who had been doing all the talking was up against the canopy. His neck was quite clearly broken. I still felt for his pulse, but there was nothing. This one's dead, too, Pal said from across the flight deck. Who? What of the women? Check out the other two. You're closer. I'll try and get this corpse moved. The hijackers, none of them restrained, had stood no chance when we were spat out of hyperspace. They'd been violently launched across the cabin. We were lucky their flying bodies hadn't hit either of us, protected by our crew seats. The other two are alive, but out cold. Which ones are they? The woman's Svensson, I think. Not sure about the other. What should we do with them? Briefly, the idea of throwing them both out of the airlock seemed to have appeal, but I recoiled from the idea. Killing people in cold blood wasn't in my nature. Let's get them secured. Those troop carrier modules can probably be locked up. It wasn't too difficult to move the unconscious in our weightless conditions. We could easily move one each. Working quickly, we tied the pair up in one of the modules that now occupied most of our ship. We put the two who had died into another one of the troop accommodation modules rather than risk the other two coming around only to see their two dead comrades as the first thing they saw. Next, we went to the equipment deck to attempt to reboot the main power plant. Fortunately, the only thing we had found wrong was the controller had been wrenched from its mountings during the violent hyperspace exit. I reseated the controller and the power plant restarted as if nothing had happened. Next, to the frameshift drive. With that online, we'd be underway again. It's not starting, Cal said, exasperated. It all looks fine, but it just won't come online. I'll get the inspection panel off, I said, brandishing a screwdriver. The panel popped off and I shined a light inside. My heart sank. I felt a cold clamminess come over me as I realized that there was no way we were going anywhere. What? Cal asked, sensing that bad news was on the way. 
Half the coolant jacket is gone. Can it be welded? Can you weld? Of course not. We had servants to do that kind of work. Cal said slightly scornfully. Great. That makes two of us who don't know how to repair this thing. Also, the stellarator is distorted. Uh, what does it do? The stellarator? It uses the fuel to make the tremendous amounts of power required to propel us along in supercruise or in hyperspace. It has to be a precise shape or it won't work. Also, it has superconducting magnets which must be kept very cold to work at all. No coolant loop? We're screwed. Distorted stellarator? We're screwed. We're screwed two ways. So what do we do? What do we do indeed? We were almost certainly out of range to drop an emergency beacon. We were almost certainly light years from anywhere. We did at least have the luxury of time. With the main power plant online and seemingly happy, we could last until the fuel ran out. A couple of weeks, maybe, with just the power plant and life support? Write our wills, I suppose, I remarked darkly and find out exactly where we are so we can send the transmission in the right direction. You're being a bit defeatist? Cal replied uncertainly. Yeah, probably ought to try to figure out the welder. At the very least it'll be something to do and won't make us any worse off. Perhaps it would be long enough to learn how to use the welding kit. Out of range from Galnet, we'd have to experiment and improvise. I didn't even know how to turn it on. And what about the Stellarator? What shape should it be? I wasn't sure that trial and error would work for getting that fixed, even with the coolant loop repaired. Wonder how our guests are doing, I said at last. We should probably break the bad news to them. Hello, hello. All right. That shit is legit. Yeah, I was not skipping Roy stories because I want to link that for people to, to enjoy tomorrow because so good. We're not going to do state of the game tonight. Uh, community questions, you know, news of Palooza. What do you think? Add, just write in comments and stuff on your stuff. As always, people who comment, uh, and and we're at the end of it. This is the last. Uh, we're we're at the end. This is the last regular show for the month of March, and we're going to pull just like we pull. Uh, we pulled a guy from the comments from February. We're going to pull somebody from the comments in the in the YouTube section to uh, see who wins a prize. Um, so we're not doing state of the game. We're going to do state of the news drops. We had the, 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 all of the news drops between the Twitter, the, the, the tweets and the, 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 uh, um, you know, four different streams between Tuesday one and three different pieces that were released on Thursday. So where are you at with all of this? Roy scale one to 10. Uh, 11. Um, there's so much to digest here, and there's much more to like than to nitpick. Uh, that's my take. Beautiful. Uh, boss lady. I'm at a, like, a 15. I'm really looking forward to Monday. I'm hyped, and I'm not letting any of the details bring me down. There you go. Jess. I usually say 7, but I'll give it the full 10, because you know what? They said that I think they're going to deliver what they said they'd deliver on the on-foot experience, so... Props to them. Tweet. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to give it a 10. This is the kind of news we should have been getting for the last month, quite honestly. Very exciting, everything. And and things that Art said, the the quality of life changes that they haven't even been able to tell us about yet. Uh, and, and seeing all these station interiors, I can't wait to go land and visit the engineers, which are going to now be NPCs and stuff. So, yeah, this is all very exciting. Hell yeah. Wolf. 
I'm going to give him a nine. And the only ding on it is the fact that we're now getting a fire hose when they could have kept the hype train going by starting it out with a little bit of a trickle and then building it up to this waterfall of information we have now. It's amazing. It's fantastic. They could have just tweaked their uh, approach a little bit and we wouldn't have been concerned. Yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with you. I'm, I'm, I'm going to say I'm at a nine. I'm very, very excited. I don't understand why they sort of the last three streams... When they're like, ah, there's four streams left, there's three streams left, there's two streams left. They said nothing. And then on the day of the last stream, they're like, all right, here's an hour and a half long stream. Here is a direct video, whatever. And here is another one an hour and a half later. It's like, oh, and, oh, and by the way, here's a whole list of tweets. Have fun doing a fucking show. Uh, it's like, it's 9,000 things of news. I haven't slept in 30 fucking hours and I'm drinking heavily. What is happening here? But you know what? I'm excited. You know, Monday's coming. It's going to be fun. To all of my PC brethren, Mazel Tov, to all of my console brothers and sisters. <sighs> Soon, I hope. I, I mean, you know, <clears throat> there you go. You guys will be having your... And you know what? You guys will be having your Michael Collins moment. And I'm going to be having my Neil Armstrong moment. Because we all know... That Neil Armstrong, we all watched it, the video of how Neil Armstrong, you know, materialized out of nowhere in thin air when he was beamed down to the surface of the moon from the lunar lander and had a moment of existential dread and crisis when he was like, holy fuck, I'm on the moon and I was just roofied. I just gained consciousness. What happened? I faded in from black. Um, yeah. So there's that. Um... Wow, I should probably sleep soon. All right, uh, we're going to do our patented, because we've got 9,000 people in this chat. We're going to do our patented, we all say goodbye at the same time, on the count of three, two, one. Goodbye. Good night, everyone. Good night, everybody. Hey. Nanu, nanu. Nanu, Play nanu. Nanu. <laughs> Às vezes o coração não consegue compreender O que a mente não faz questão E nem tem forças pra obedecer Quantos sonhos já destruí E deixei escapar das mãos Se o futuro assim permitir Não pretendo viver em vão meu amor, não estamos sós Em um mundo a esperar por nós No infinito do céu azul Pode ter vida em Marte, então Vem cá, me dá sua língua Então vem, que eu quero abraçar você Seu poder vem do sol Minha mentira meu bem, 
Vamos viver a vida Então vem Senão eu vou perder quem sou Vou querer me mudar Para uma life on Mars ah, ah, ah. Hum. Quantas vezes o coração Não consegue que a mente não faz questão Que nem tem forças pra obedecer Quantos sonhos já destruí E deixei de escapar das mãos Se o futuro assim permitir Não pretendo viver em vão Meu amor, não estamos sós Tem um mundo a esperar por nós o infinito do céu azul Pode ter vida em Marte Então vem cá Me dá sua língua Então vem Que eu quero abraçar você Seu poder vem do sol Minha medida Meu bem Vamos viver a vida Então vem Senão eu vou perder quem sou Oh, 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 vou querer me mudar Para uma life on Mars ah, 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 ah. Uh, uh, uh. Oh, oh, oh.